Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Oh god, I had a really itchy nose there. It was like, I was trying to start the intro, intro and then my nose was like, eh, I'm just gonna make you have a really, really bad urge for an itch, Stephen. But welcome, uh, welcome everyone to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast, episode 111 with Steve O'Driscoll. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If it sounds like a show you like or it sounds really fun when you listen to it, please do consider subscribing on iTunes and tell your friends, your parrots, your mongoose, um, about the show. It's really, really fun. Um, and uh, for those who haven't, uh, to give a quick synopsis of what this is, it's a show where I sit down with a bunch of interesting or interested people or person and we sit and talk about whatever comes up. Um, it's a really honest, frank discussion with laughs and, and uh, but with, with with a serious edge to it as well. And I and I I really like sitting down to do these at present, um, especially the ones like these where I actually sit down with people um, and sit face to face. It's really um, it's really encouraging. So so yeah, I really do. Um, we do uh, encourage you guys to obviously let people know. And we've had a whole bunch of of famous and non-famous but interesting people on so obviously you have a look at the list on itunes but steve o'driscoll is from mentally sound and ricky tamman is our co-host who um for this episode who also uh, is a co-host for mentally sound radio show and mentally sound radio show is a show i do monthly in newcastle uh, you know you also find it on itunes where we talk mental health and uh, in particular um, and the reason I wanted these guys on is because a couple of weeks ago I went to an award ceremony because Mentally Sound got nominated. Um, so I wanted to tell the story about what happened when I got there. That's, I can't really say much more because it will ruin the story that I end this ep- this episode with. So all, that's all I'll tell you other than it all is not what it seems. Uh, but it's hilarious. So I wanted to tell that story and I wanted to have Steve on for a while now because as I say he contributes to Mentally Sound. He does the mental health news and works behind the scenes for, for it. So, um, so yeah, it made a lot of sense. So I, there we go. We had him on the podcast. So, uh, we talked, he, he has a very interesting story. He had a, he's had a lot of things to deal with from his daughter. He doesn't see his daughter. He has a book on Amazon, which I encourage you to buy, which he mentions in the podcast. And yeah, we talk we talk about a whole bunch of things, so it's really interesting. And it's not like sort of depressing, like everyone assumes mentally sound is with mental health. The whole idea is that we laugh and be fun and entertaining, uh, but we talk about serious stuff as well. This idea of that you can't talk about serious stuff, I find a fallacy, really, which is why I love doing this show. So there you go. Um, so yeah, we talk about a whole bunch of things, and as I say, we talk obviously about mentally sound, which uh, the next episode is coming out tomorrow. Uh, but in, so in terms of upcoming episodes, I did a live podcast with Ryan, uh, Ryan Day for the third time. He's been on the show, uh, from Geek Sundry, Felicia Day's brother, Cooptitude, Frame on YouTube, to recommend you watch. Uh, so I'm going to be releasing that soon. I've got a lot of editing, editing to put that together. So I'll do that over the next couple of days. Uh, and I also have a few other guests lined up, uh, for upcoming episodes. So I really do encourage you guys to obviously subscribe and listen in. And uh, but this episode is really fun, and a huge thank you to Alistair Brodiger House, who runs Launchpad, for giving us a room to do this. Which might be why you'll see trucks and stuff because we did this in the middle of Newcastle. But anyway, this is episode 112. Enjoy with Steve O'Driscoll. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 
have ideas in my head about what I'm going to ask you, but... Um, hi guys, welcome to the Geek Apocalypse podcast, uh, and as you know, because this is what I'm always like, is I'll start by doing an official introduction, and then when it comes to editing, I'll completely not use it. <laughs> um, and it's kind of cool because uh, for those that are a regular listener of this podcast, is I've occasionally had co-hosts, and I'm trying to work. I was trying to work out on the way here the last time I actually had someone to sit and sort of talk with or have a freeway conversation. It's been quite a while actually. Um, so I'm pleased to say, because it's very mentally sound heavy, is first of all I have the co- the now permanent co-host and he's beaming because he's just like, because <laughs> people always wanted that damn job and he and he just swooped in and took it from everyone. Uh, so Ricky, Ricky, Ta- how do you say your second name? Is it Tamman? Tamman. Tamman, yeah. Tamman, okay. I was going to say Tamman, but, but yeah, so hi Ricky, nice, th- thank you, right. th- th- you. I'm good man, thanks, thanks for agreeing to, to be here. No problem, no problem. Um, it means I can just, like it mentally sound, there's, there'll be sections where I can just sit and chill and just listen, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, and as I say with this being mentally sound heavy, we have, uh, Steve, uh, is it Odris, O'Driscoll? Oh yeah. O'Driscoll, yeah. Is he Irish? Are you Irish? Yes, I am Irish. Oh, that's Irish. cool, yeah. we can get into that. Yeah. Um, cause I, cause <laughs> I love it, went, no I'm not, and I hate the stereotypical nature <laughs> Stephen you have. Um, but yeah, uh, Steve, for those that are obviously, yeah, because there'll be people who have not listened to Mentally Sound who listen to this, is that um, Mentally Sound is a show that we do monthly, which is on um, Gravity Radio Northeast. Um, I've mentioned this uh, quite a few times on here. And uh, Steve does mental health news. He's a contributor behind the scenes. Uh, so yeah, um, I wanted to have him on to kind of talk more about um, sort of his life and and various things because if you anyone who's listened to Mentally Sound will know that we we talk openly and frankly about a number of different things and and and, uh, and so are you quite are you intrigued me and as I I, I said to Steve before we just started doing this that um we, we've spoke to Steve a number of times on the show and as I said he has a segment that's dedicated to him every every month now every show and um, but we never really like sat down and actually had a conversation about your life in a great detail the great thing about podcasting is we can talk till the we're blue in the face or till mm-hmm. we get thrown out which may happen here <laughs> oh and we should say before we start a huge thank you to um to Broadacre House for, for letting us have a, a space here which is uh, where Launchpad is who who are one of the people behind the scenes who make yeah. mentally sound possible. And but that yeah. too, I work freelance for. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's a nice segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so 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 actually, well, let's start with that then. So so how did? Because that's something I don't know. For example, how did you? Because were you involved in with Launchpad before mentally sound started? Oh yeah, I've been involved with Launchpad for I would say five to six years. Wow. Um, okay. I volunteered for maybe three years and then I had my dreaded Atos Medical scored no points and was told I could have a job advisor just walk into the job centre and they'll give you one and I was politely told that you couldn't do that so mm-hmm. I told them to, where to put their benefits basically mm-hmm. by the way the benefit of this podcast is it's over 18 so you can see All right, you okay. put themselves yeah, I, told them, I, told them, I told them that yeah mm-hmm. and then so I I'm just speaking for him yeah, and, and I don't often speak for people but I felt that's what right, he was trying yeah, to say yeah, yeah. and then I came and I seen Alistair and I told him he says what the bloody hell are you doing mate yeah. and I said, he says do you want some freelance work and for the last two and a half years I've been happily working freelance that's where I first met you, wasn't it? In Men- World Mental Health Day in the town. That's right, And yeah. you, were, you were on the Launchpad store. Launchpad store, yeah. hand and leaflets out. And, and then we kind of met met <laughs> a few months later. Okay. Sorry, because I feel we're friends. I just, I, I, yeah. I was just, again, this is this is how sadistic my mind is. I had this idea. Oh, I saw you there and you were, you were like, uh, you were stripping and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you, were, and you were acting in, irresponsibly. Well, we, we try to keep that yeah. quiet. <laughs> that's, that's the official yeah. story that we can't talk about. Yeah. But, but no, that's kind of funny. So so how long ago was that with meeting him? Was that um, a couple of years ago? 
Well, Will Men Healthy Falls in October, didn't October, it? I think it was a couple yeah, of Octobers yeah. ago. Because the last one was dominated by the rugby, so it couldn't... Yeah, it did. I, I was just going to say, yeah, there was one year that we've been doing Mentally Sound, which must have been last year, where mm. it got moved because That's of the rugby. For those that don't know, because you know, there might not be sports yeah. fans on this, because yeah. I'm not a rugby fan, but um, the Rugby World Cup was hosted in England, and uh, they were doing some matches at St. James's Park, which yeah. is a football stadium here, yeah. so... Uh, just because obviously there's people who are not English who listen to this. So. And the monument where they have these events, it was just they put like a big screen up, didn't they? They, that's right, they had all the street, street, uh, street and yeah, for, so. that, for that event. But yeah, that's, that's where I first met him because I was asking you, I was asking you about Alistair, wasn't I? And, uh, that's right, yeah. Because that was when I was wanting to sort of get back involved in things after my own breakdown. So that's sort of a segue. And apologies if you hear some random stuff. We are in the middle yeah. of Newcastle, so that might that that, that does happen in any industrial city. Yeah. But like uh, in relation to that, when's because uh, I've only just sort of twigged because it's May, isn't it? When is um, Mental Health Awareness Week? Um, that's next week, sixteenth to the twenty. All oh, right. Well, this month is Mental Health Awareness yeah. month, as I'm yes, aware. Yes, but, but there's an actual specific week. week. Does it begin? Because there's a couple of events next week, I think. Yeah, yeah it'll be next week then. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Actually, that makes sense then. So I can release it. I might release this that week okay. and say, oh, it's like mm-hmm. a mental week, mental awareness yeah, there's lots thing. Of events. That makes sense. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's, gonna, it's just. I'm, thinking it's a business yeah. marketing man yeah. here yeah. Uh, I've got my thinking cap on but yeah mm-hmm. so for those that aren't aware of because especially people who don't have mental health issues is um, they might not even be aware of what mental health men- what mental health day is so you know do you want to want to use want to describe what that well, is World Mental Health Day to me is we normally have it at the monument in Newcastle I mean it's celebrated worldwide it's October the 10th um, yes. every year and what we do at the monument is we do a lot of networking and we speak to members of the public about mental health. Have stalls and stuff as well. Yeah, stalls and lots of information mm-hmm. given and entertainment. It's just generally a fun, all-round good day. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, you'll be surprised once you speak to members of the public about mental health, the reaction you get. Mm-hmm. They've all got somebody they know in the family or a friend that's got mental mm-hmm. health problems and it's good having that conversation. Because I used to do gigs at the monument for like Love Music, Hate Racism and stuff mm-hmm. and we had... Uh, <clears throat> on every St George's Day, we used to have a multicultural day mm-hmm. at the monument, and that's where I first met Alistair because I invited Launchpad to come and have a stall. So it, I just Alistair want. Who? I Ru- just does he run Launchpad? He's a team leader. I just kind of say if he runs. Because I was quite keen just like to put mental health on the agenda of of, of, of everything. You know, Multiculturally, you know, it's something that affects every genre, every race, every religion. You know, it has no boundaries, and that's it. So. That's why I met him. But yeah, the monument, it's a good place to convene these sorts of, um, these functions. It's kind of interesting, because like, um, there's something you just said there that intrigued me, because you were talking about saying you have a genuine good time, and my first sort of response, I guess being sort of objective, I guess being a host, is that I was sort of thinking, I'm trying to think as a person who doesn't have mental mental health issues, who would listen to that and kind of think of the connotations of it. And I just said, what a time for these people to do all these noises. It's ridiculous. Um, hopefully they'll stop. But uh, it's like, uh, and also like, I was going to make a joke of we're actually in a lorry right now. We've been kidnapped. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's like somebody ring somebody. Um, but 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 no. Let's go back to that because you said, oh, you have a genuine good day, and I guess the connotations for anyone, especially if you gather for a mental health thing, I guess that's what's you know we'll obviously talk about mentally sound at some point. But like I was just sort of saying before this podcast started is that one of the things we do with mentally sound i think which we we got praised for this awards ceremony which which i'll get to at some point is um we got praised for the fact that like we were doing essentially like an entertainment show 
but um, mm. which had laughs in and yeah, actually and you know the, the, what we do, isn't it? I will release I think this I'll probably release the interviews we did before this podcast so like I encourage people to listen to that because the judge who nominated us said what well, I was really proud that he did because we, we generally I'm not I guess I can speak for all of us yeah we generally thought about that when we did mm-hmm. it um, is that we want to be because he said you laugh about things and then you'll talk about like self-harm or, or yeah. something mm-hmm. and go and it's like wow the fact that you can do that and you're not afraid to do that because some people are so i guess my question in relation to that is um is, is that kind of the the myth people have is that with especially with something like mental health day that they go oh it's just a bunch of depressed people like, i'm trying to be cynical here i guess a bunch of depressed people just go and talk about their depressing lives and all this kind of stuff was like is that is that the misconception yeah, do you I mean, think? As to me everybody thinks when you talk about depression you're under this dark cloud but yeah. you know we're normal people we do we do have fun and we can yeah, engage and yeah. And do what normal people do, what is normal. You know, we, we enjoy it. And I think about mental health here. I think normal should be banned as a word. Yeah, it should yeah. be. Yeah. What is normal anyway? Exactly. It's become... But I mean, we've all like got content. mental health yeah. problems. It means all different word, things now. Do you hear the word content? I, yeah. the, 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 if I could name one one word that I really just can't stand is content. content. Because, it, again, like normal, it because it, it, everyone... It's almost like people aspire to be content... Mm. And I hate that. As I hate that. It's like, why not aspire to be happy? Well, you said um, a word there that I don't like, actually, is aspire, because yeah. the reason I, I don't like that word is because people usually associate with, like, money or or climbing the, the, the big oh, money oh, tree. Yeah. Whereas aspire, to me, it means, it means you know, I aspire to help people. I aspire to make someone else feel better. To be better. Yeah. Aspiration uh, I, can mean a hell of a lot of different things. I think my only criteria for that is to say I, I aspire to be better. Yeah, Like, that's literally yeah. it. In, yeah. in any criteria, like, mm-hmm. you know, because that's why I always say to people, like, it always annoys me when, you know, I, because I, we, we, we said this before the podcast started, was that I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to ha- have, like, my mental health define me, like, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. kind of... Mm-hmm. But I mean, kind of a problem. me myself as well, Stephen. Yeah. I live my life by pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah, mm. that's what keeps me well. Mm. You know, trying. In a way, the radio station pushes me out of my yeah. comfort zone. I mean, someone with PTSD and anxiety to come on a, ra- a live radio show. I mean, you know, years ago, I'll be totally unheard of. But it's it's a really good motivational factor. To and I mean, with yeah. World Mental Health Day as well, there's mm. a lot of people there with mental health problems, and they'll they'll openly admit it. But we're we're doing stuff creative. We're doing Absolutely, stuff yeah. together. Yeah. Do you think, though, in relation to that? Because I, I I said that about the word geek. Because I obviously with having oh, yeah. the word geek yeah. in a title is that I often get people asking, and I go that defining something is kind of pointless in that sense, like defining what a word means or that kind of thing. Is because I think the one thing that's beautiful about words is you can sort of self-define it yourself. Geek can mean mm-hmm. anything you mm-hmm. want, it to, want it to. And I guess in relation to that, I'm talking about like defining or, or de- declaring having one day to go, oh, it's World Mental Health Day. I guess there's part of that. It's a bit like sort of Black Awareness Month mm-hmm. or something. I, got, I did this at university where I was like, do you not find that that's... I, I don't know. There's part of it where I get that it makes sense. Why like, do you, why, you why, why do you need one day to one day yeah. for Can't something that affects someone yeah. all the time? But you I, see my point, but yeah, feel but free I, to I debate it. To me, having that one day, it's an opportunity for everybody to get together yes. from all over the northeast. And if you have yeah. if you have yeah. an event yeah. on, it allows you to go and meet others, you know, within the same. Yeah, meeting new people. Yeah. yeah. But again, as you pointed out quite quite eloquently, is that. 
um, it, it's not a case of us all just sitting there going, "Boy, it's our life shit." Like you know, like it's like it's really not. Well, the thing is with me, it's about parity because you know the monument to anywhere else could have another function to do with like you know World Cancer Day or World uh, Diabetes Day, where people with issues will come together for the same thing. So why not mental health? It's 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 about parity at the end of the day, isn't it? I mean. Even though you've got mental health problems, you, you can't enjoy yourself mm-hmm. still, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, how much in relation to you, and we'll get to talk about, like, sort of your, I guess, issues mm-hmm. you have. Yeah. Um, again, we're not going to talk about it completely, because as I said, it's not your whole entire life, but I, I kind of like, that's kind of what I'm leading to ask you, is that, because I'm intrigued to know, is that, because I'm trying to think this in my own personal view, but I want to know what you think, is... How much would you say your mental health is part of your life? Like, if you could, like, give it give it a percentage. Ooh, me personally? Yeah. Like, how much... How I don't know, like, how much of a part of a life... Or maybe even... Maybe I'm kind of even saying how much of it... How much of it, of, it, of, it, of your life does it affect you? On an um, average day, at what percentage yeah, would it affect you? Yeah, I guess, yeah, on an average day, like, you know... Hmm. Does that mean working in mental health as well, or just how my mental health... No, itself? I guess... I see. It's a yeah. interesting question, but I guess I don't really mean it in a work capacity because I don't really. I, can, I kind of just say just your own personal life, as in how much does it affect you on an average day? Um, what the the times I find hardest on an average day is when I get home at night and I close that door and it's silence. Yeah, you know? all right. And people, okay. when I meet people out in the community and speak to people, they all think I'm this happy fella, mm. getting on with their life, enjoying life. But when when I'm on my own, that's when thoughts start yeah, going yeah. in my head. Yeah, yeah. And I actually look forward to coming to work. Kind of weird because, yeah. but do you find like you know because I, I know exactly what you're on about in terms uh, that that mm. resonates with me, but yeah. but also because I live on my own as people know, and that I kind of like that. There's some days where I prefer that, yeah. but as I, as you say though, if you go back on your own consistently yeah. every day, there'll be a day where you just that's the last yeah. thing you want to do is yeah. to be on your own. But so yeah, I like yeah. my solitude, but other times it can get the better yeah. of you, it can be overwhelming. But, but again, I but do you not think part of it is it's like pros and cons of everything. Because yeah, you've got to get a balance. Yeah, on yeah. It, I think. Yeah, because yeah. I kind of, I kind of, um, I wrote, I wrote a blog for mental, ment- mental health, talking kind of about living on your own, like the pros and cons of living on your own, and mm-hmm. that, um, and and in relation to mental health. And mm-hmm. as I said, like the great thing about it is, you know, if I'm sitting here now and I'm not, I'm, perf- I'm in good company and everything, but I'm saying if I like to had like a, felt like I was getting manic or was mm-hmm. getting just depressed or mm-hmm. just suddenly was like I you know screw this I don't want to be involved anyone I have a place to go yeah. like a mm-hmm. solitude yeah. place yeah. so like I think I don't know whether you were like this growing up but I'm, I'm some I was someone and I've got better about this as I got older and I guess it's good to ask you is that I was someone that said yes to everything like so I would be like if I went to a party it'd be like I don't want to miss this party because I feel like I'm missing out if I don't mm-hmm. but in my head I'm going but I you know I have thoughts about jumping off a bridge but mm. I'm like, I would ignore that and go, but this party is like the most important thing in the world mm. because it's a party and if I don't go, then everyone's going to like disown me and mm. I realise it just isn't the case. It's just not as important. Like, do you, did you, were you like that? I was like that for a long time. Um, I mean, to me, I was sometimes the entertainment that people were looking for. Yeah. If I didn't go, it wouldn't have been the same because they always knew something mm. would happen at the end of the night mm. if I was That's invited. That's fascinating. You know, but That's I mean... Because fa- I, I don't, do you agree with this? Like, I know this is a, wi- this is a wide ranging, um, like sort of, like it's it's. I don't sort of base this in fact. I'm just saying a, gene- a generic point is that I I often say this is that the I find the most interesting people and the people I most enjoy talking to are people who have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. 
which I find fascinating as a, as a subject matter because um, do you find it's because do you do I'm kind of like wanting to debate what that what you think that reason is because my theory is that I think it's because we're so aware of our own turmoil and aware of like how difficult life can be is that we always like when we decide to be sociable we're very sociable like you know because I find people with mental health very sociable and I think that's kind of the one of the fallacies about mental health and I've got a kind of a sense of humour yeah you know no definitely and to me definitely Ricky has like you know see like this company that we have now I feel quite gregarious around you you guys but amongst other people it can be a little bit different if, if they don't get your is there an element of you feel accepted yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, yeah, mean, definitely. I think that the first time I met you, Stephen, and the first time I met you, mm. Ricky, I was a bit more quiet. Yeah. And then, as I gradually got to know you, I thought, you know, these guys are all yeah. right, so I can be myself. Because I, I, I honestly think, and I, and again, I'm not, I'm not sort of disparaging disparaging people who maybe just don't understand mental health or anything like that. Is that's one of the biggest advantages of, of it, um, which I don't think people spend enough time talking about is. It leads you to be very less judgmental mm-hmm. because I don't know about you, but whenever I hear someone's, if I sit down and hear someone talk about like I don't know they're suicidal or they're, they're really struggling, mm-hmm. is I don't sit there and go, oh god, look, here's another one who's just moaning about life. I actually like listen intently and go, I know how that feels, yeah. and mm-hmm. I actually Relate want to help time. them. I actually yeah. want to help them because I I, I don't. I guess what I'm saying is um, you learn to have empathy mm-hmm. which I think is something when I sort of meet people who who, are, who have a very poor attitude is that that's the one thing in life that yeah. they don't have that, yeah. that really does help you in a number of ways like mm-hmm. it helps you understand other people the way that they feel mm-hmm. and it also makes you more receptive of everyone mm-hmm. around you and mm-hmm. so you know I, I find that a lot like if I text you or Ricky and I've, I, I'll say this openly I've done this with Ricky before is when he's just asked me how I am and I've told them the truth. Yeah. There, w- there would be certain people in the past I wouldn't do that to mm-hmm. because yeah, I'd be really like, cool. oh, they're going to go, oh, they're going to leave me alone. Because what I was thinking in relation to you said about sociable, I want to know what you both think. Is that um, is that you you do you ever find like because you're sociable, is that they'll always want to invite you to the party when you're well, but when you're not feeling well, like oh no, like leave him alone. He's he's got a, he's on mm. an issue. Um, yeah, I agree with you because I mean with the stuff I'm doing now in yeah. the past when I was unwell. A lot of family members didn't want to know us, didn't want to talk to us, didn't want me mm-hmm. in their life. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm kind of doing good things with my life, they, these people are asking me and wanting to be part of my life again. Yeah. It's almost like I had this idea of, yeah. like, you know, do you ever sort of think, like, if you won the lottery or become rich or something, it'd suddenly be like, oh, Steve, you're always our, like, know, most favourite oh, person. Yeah, no, you just um, really... Remember that time I helped you out when I did yeah, the guns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you ever felt yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Do you remember that ten pound I, I, yeah, I, 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 you borrowed off me. Yeah. I suddenly want it back with interest. With interest, yeah. You know yeah, with two thousand percent interest. I was going to ask Steve when you tell people that you're involved with a radio show, do you get a bit of accolade back? Because I, I do, and there's like, you know, they say, "Oh, right, that's interesting." It's like because when they used to know me before to 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 be on a radio station, talk about such things. It's like a huge leap. Yeah, well, I, I've got a comment to make there, Ricky. I mean, when I was unwell, um, I was constantly trying to take my own life. Mm-hmm. And I was in a really bad place. And I was well-known in local bars and everywhere as a nutcase, yeah. a nutter, psycho. Right. And now I see these people from my past. Yeah, they're, they're surprised I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say, what, you're up to Steve? Well, I'll say, I lecture at university, mm-hmm. part of a radio yeah. show, you know, yeah. I'm working in mental yeah. health. 
and they walk away shaking their head and they're still calling me a nutcase because they don't believe a word I say yeah. so I can't win can't win can't yeah. win yeah. that's fascinating yeah. it is because um, I mean does so like let's let's go through it then in terms of your life so because that intrigues me because when I guess when was the the, the first sign you, do you think of, that you had a mental health problem well I'm going to be quite open here Um no, oh. I want you to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was being taken to a local bar and given a uh, glass of coke and a pack of crisps. Okay. And I was introduced to some of my dad's mates, and one of his friends was sexually abusing me. So I oh, started right. abusing alcohol, and I actually tried to end my life by cutting my wrists. Okay, and that was sort of. And then I was put on antidepressants. Uh, when, how old were you? Yeah, how long was that? Yeah, how long? I was about fifteen years old. Right. My so my incident, my my life happened at the yeah. same age actually. Yeah, so. And, wow. I, and I was put on antidepressants, and then I started abusing them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I always think at that age, it's such a hard time to experience yeah, that. because when you're you're trying to find yeah, out exactly. who you are yourself. That's why it, I was on a you know huge trajectory off what I was like. You know, and I doing. was in. I thought there was something wrong with me. Was that was mm-hmm. it me that was different to everybody else? Yeah. And I didn't want to be on the planet. I didn't want to live. And anything. To any that. support or help I was going to say I can relate to that as well I was going to say I'd be yeah. open with this because yeah. I, I mean I'm, I'm <coughs> again it's like when you reach a certain point in age it's like you know it's I'm saying this quite jovially but you, you really do reach a point where you kind of just don't give a shit anymore yeah. like I kind of don't <laughs> but I don't mean that in a, that it doesn't mean anything I just mean I don't care about being open and that like yeah I had situations where I was sort of touched inappropriately and and yeah. um and the, the, thing, the thing I want to say in relation to that because I think you'll you'll agree with this is that um Especially when it happens around that time, which it seems to be whenever you talk to people, that's roughly yeah, when, it, when happens, it happens, like yeah, earlier teenage mm-hmm. years. Yeah. It confuses the hell out of you because you're not, you're probably not sexually active, most likely. Exactly. And because it happens, you, you just, you, you can't. It's the worst time to happen. Yeah, exactly. Because you're well, trying to find your way in the world and to have this on, you know, blocking. Because, you know, path, I, I was kind of stuck in like a vicious cycle. I mean, I was getting abused. And then I would drink to kind of try and block that out. Yeah. But because then I was later. drunk, I was vulnerable again. Yeah, and I was yeah. drunk, so I was constantly cycle. in this cycle. Mm-hmm. Vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like, because that's, I, I, you know, I almost like, you know, I, I yeah, I understand that. Like, there'd be people who would listen to that and go, oh, God, this is another person who's not dealing with something. But it's like, you have to, you have to understand that if you're in that situation at that age, and you're not fully developed as your brain's mm. not fully developed then mm. it, it's understandable that like you would go look to something because i went in particular with i wasn't necessarily with that but with my bipolar disorder which i didn't know i had like i did the same thing i wouldn't say like i know i'm talking talking to two people who have had alcohol issues it's that like i turned to alcohol at that time though because yeah. i was just like i don't know what else to do like you know i'm 16 years old and i'm like uh, I, everything just seems on top of me. It's like you, you, you in a sense, it's almost like it's escaping reality. But you not think you it's know? interesting? Like that, I was about to say, it's almost like you're trying to be responsible for how you feel by go and you. At the very least, you're aware that you've got a problem, so you're trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. It may be stupid how you're trying to mm-hmm. fix it, That's but at least you think you, you think. Well, I'm not going slowly nuts here. I, I, I am angry all the time or whatever it may be and you just you like you try and find you just like I need some sort of solution yeah. and unfortunately when you're that age as well well luckily like which is why we do a show a show about this kind of thing is that there's no like support network there and mm-hmm. and um 
and I kind of wanted to ask you about what you just said. Like, you know, so I, it seems obvious, but it's better you you talk about it. Is um, like, how did you did you feel like you had no way of telling anyone? Like, because that's kind of the well, I the knew story. Um, my dad, God rest his soul, he was alive at the time. I knew if I'd have told my father, my dad would have spent the rest of his life in jail because he would have would ended have up murdering him. the yeah. boat, you know. Yeah. And I didn't want to tell my mom because I didn't want to upset her, mm-hmm. and I was kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way I could see out was just end my own life. Yeah. But I mean, when I cut my wrists, that was like all them pressures being lifted off my shoulders. And the feeling I got, it's hard to describe, but I wouldn't advise anybody to go and of do course, it, but it's yeah, hard yeah. to describe. Let's put you know? a disclaimer on that now. Yeah, and I mean, right. for over 20 years after that, I mm-hmm. used that as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. And it worked, it worked a few ways for me because I didn't want to engage with people and I got this reputation of being a nut or a nutcase. So every time I was cutting my arms and had bandages on, people would stand off. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if I showed my arms, people would sort of back away. Mm-hmm. So it worked both ways for me. Mm-hmm. It was a coping mechanism, and also if I wanted time on my own, you just yeah, it'd be like no, I would just walk and go away, get away from, from me. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's sort of weird. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, I'm guessing that wasn't something you thought con- like consciously, but it was just a byproduct of just it. That you suddenly realised, yeah. suddenly realised I can now use this to yeah. kind of like say to people, you know, I don't fuck you, I don't want to talk to you, or whatever. And I mean, because of the abuse as well, Stephen. I mean, I wasn't one. I mean, I, I went to an all boys school as well, mm-hmm. which I think didn't help because I didn't have any many female friends. Yeah. Not when yeah. I left school, mm-hmm. so I met this girl when I was, uh, I think it was about nineteen twenty, and we'd only known each other six weeks and decided to get married. And that for wow. me, because she liked the drink as well, so uh-huh. I thought, hey, I've met a, I've met a girl, <laughs> and I've met somebody that likes the same things as me, and that was. Steve like already a, sounds like a bar. <laughs> it was a relationship from hell. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. On the wedding day, we're at the altar. Said, "I do, I do." And um, we had a little get together because we we're going to the Lake District to celebrate the the marriage. Okay. We went to the Irish Centre in the town there. Mm-hmm. My wife ended up walking out in front of a bus with a wedding dress on, and I put my foot through a plate glass window, and that was the start of married life. Right. You know, and I, the Lake District was another story. Right. Oh God, so, yeah. you know. I've been to the Lake District. It's nice. Well, I'll tell you about the Lake District. I mean, we're staying in a bed and breakfast <laughs> with a bar downstairs, and we were staying. Are we allowed to laugh at this? Of course, you can laugh. I'm trying really hard not to. You yeah. might even laugh even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just remember this is the same day. Okay. So we drove all the way to the lakes, um, <laughs> got this bed and breakfast, took the bags upstairs, and women being women, said I, she said, I want to get ready. So I says, I'll nip downstairs and have a pint. Okay. I'm sitting downstairs. By this time, I'm quite drunk. I'm thinking, where is she? Where is she? Yeah. I go upstairs, and the door's locked. So I knocks on the door. Next thing I get a torrent of abuse. What had happened was the guy that ran the bed and breakfast was checking nobody left their, their rooms open. Mm-hmm. And he locked my wife in the room, mm-hmm. of course. All oh, right. Well, and then she blamed me for locking her in the room. So okay. there was another big argument. Oh. That, that was married. Was it? I'll just keep her in here. So we never, we never consummated the relationship She can't leave, that night. Ricky. She can't be, leave, yeah. I must it's be funny, like, man in England. People say that, you know, Faulty Towers is like a sitcom. <coughs> Other people say it's actually a hard-hitting uh, documentary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I was saying, when I put my foot they through think the... think the office is a mockery, yeah. whatever, yeah. When yeah. I put my foot through the window, we got back to Newcastle after the honeymoon, and uh, I got a phone call where we're living in Gateshead. It was the police saying I had some lost property. <laughs> so uh, me being me I went to the police station I says I've been told to come because I've lost some property mm-hmm. and it was you have the right to remain silent a taxi driver had seen 
me doing one, put my foot through the window and I was arrested and charged mm. for that and it cost wow. 300 and odd mm. pounds for, for that window wow Jesus and that was the start of married life and that went <laughs> yeah. for 10 years mm. yeah yeah you know, so and we're still together now <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be so funny if that was the end of the story but uh, wow that's, that's yeah. amazing so I mean can you like I mean hindsight's a wonderful thing and I, I've, I've said this a million times on here but um, do you kind of look back at that now and go, like, what's your what's your response? Are you like, I, what was I thinking? Or do you kind of understand it in relation to your, like, I guess I you said vulnerability? The, the way I am. Yeah. You know, and the, I can understand why these things happen. I mean, I also had a, a, a daughter mm-hmm. I haven't seen for 18 years. Mm-hmm. And although I realised that when I had her, yeah. um, I realised I was at the point in life where I shouldn't even have thought of having children, you know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that child now I haven't seen for 18 years and that's mm-hmm. all down to me and oh. my wife has since passed away through drinking alcohol and oh, right. mm-hmm. other okay. things as well so, so whose decision was that you know what I'm saying like is it a mutual one with you and your um, no what had happened was social services got involved because oh, right. I was I backwards and forwards to my wife I was cutting myself yeah, yeah. while both drinking and so then you decided you weren't capable yeah, again. So can I ask a question on that because yeah. <coughs> I watched a recent documentary about you know abuse and stuff and there was this lady on there who had had suffered abuse, but then decided that she wanted to have a child quite quickly because her view of love became distorted through the, mm. the abuse. So for her to have that child, she wanted to reclaim that what love meant to her. Did that? Did that I think that's partly why I got married. Right, only that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. and that was me to try and prove to myself I was normal. Yeah. That you can't love someone in yeah, a, in like a normal, normal way. Thing that, yeah. Like what? What? Yeah. I, that yeah. makes that I'm does make normal sense. Life, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you do what normal people do, and just yeah. go. I mean, normal people wouldn't get married in exactly, six weeks. Probably, yeah. But yeah, but but I, thought, I, I get your point. Way of but I get your point. Proving I was normal. Yeah, go. Oh, I'm mar- like so you can go around and go. I'm a married yeah, man. I'm a married man. I've got children. Yeah. But the story. You're like skipping. You're skipping the journey, though. That's the problem. And I mean, what we were saying there about marriage and stuff. Yeah, yeah. When I found out my wife had passed away, it was a shock. But it wasn't a surprise, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you spoke to her in a while, or...? I didn't find out she'd passed away until seven years after she actually had. Oh, right. Because, like, you were that that out of thing. And as for the the guy that was abusing me at the time, I still see this fella. Oh, right. um, In the centre of Newcastle here in the city. And to me... What, same as in just... You don't, I don't like, you don't... Face to face. Oh, but do you actually speak to him? I don't speak to oh, him. Oh, but you just know he's around. The, no, no, I actually see him. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll walk past each other yeah, by yeah, the yeah. Granger Mart and stuff, and he's probably wondering why I'm not attacking him. Uh-huh. And to me, so that's a kind of reverse psychology, as they call it. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I've got too much to lose. I would love to attack the fella, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, yeah, what, yeah, about, yeah. what about sort of pressing charges or anything? Or? I tried that with the police, right. and... I mean, Did a it's a hard to prove, I guess. Oh, uh, the, part of the problem. this guy agreed to everything apart from the abuse, basically. Oh, right. You know? Okay. Oh, dear. Did they ever find out that he'd done it to others, or...? Well, I've got my suspicions that he has done it to others well, as well. I, I often find... I often, um, The unfortunate <coughs> thing, I mean, again, this is a generic... I'm not, I'm not claiming I know everything about this, but I'm saying whenever I read stuff about this, you usually find that people who sexually abuse someone is because they got sexually abused themselves mm-hmm. it's a horrible like you said about circle like mm-hmm. horrible yeah. circles is that like um, which is why you know y- you deserve a lot of a fantastic lot of praise for the fact that you don't retaliate because the retaliation 
is what leads this to con- consistently continue and affect other people, other 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 lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, w- you know, we've all just you know, you just me and you both just admitted we've been abused before, and it's like, um, I wouldn't then, you know, I wouldn't have a child and then abuse that child because I'm like that I would never want them to go through what exactly, I did and I, and I would love that I would actually gem- love them and not want to hurt them so that's the only way you in, in my eyes it's hard to say this and you've got obviously as experience and stuff but that's the only way that you can categorically like do something constructive Cheers, that actually agrees, helps yeah. that actually yeah. helps and like you say like turning your life around it's like you know that's that's the thing that you deserve the most praise for because yeah. you just compared it to other people you've met who you used to hang out with yeah, and they just went oh alive. it's yeah, no, bullshit rubbish rather than rather than ra- yeah rather than going if he can do it why can't yeah, I exactly. like you know mm-hmm. that's something that a generic the thing about thing mental is, health Stephen, all these people are still drinking yeah that's what I just said yeah uh, day in, day out. I mean, like, that's, let's talk about that. Like, yeah. I mean, when you were drinking, were you ever, like, because I've had very, whenever I talk to people with alcohol problems, it's that they, they have varying answers to this. Like, were you always aware that it was a problem, or did you think it was not an issue? Oh, I knew it was a problem because, okay. to me, I knew it was a hell of a problem, but I just wanted to drink basic until I collapsed. And mm-hmm. that was any time. That was my life, drinking yeah. alcohol. So you knew it was an issue, but you were like, I just want the moment where um, I'm like, I guess euphoric, uh, yeah. that euphoric I feeling. I think I was on self-destructive yeah. as well. Mm. And then if somebody said, oh, you know, you, you've got a problem. No, I haven't. I would do totally the opposite. Mm. I mean, my mother tried to support us and that, and I would just go against everybody. Mm. I always say that. Yeah. I've said this on Mentally Sound before with bipolar disorder, is that something I always say to people who have it is um, don't wait for the don't wait for the hypermanic state uh, because if you do you can just spend your whole entire life waiting for that mm-hmm. feeling because uh, if you ever watch like Secret, Manic, Man- Secret Life of Manic Depressive uh, that's a great example of that documentary Stephen Fry did where mm-hmm. he's like um, everybody in that documentary pretty much said what I would say is that um, it is better than any drug you can take mm-hmm. just this feeling of like you, you're, you're on top of the world mm. and that, that that to me sounds hollow in terms of how you feel like you just feel like everything is possible mm. and you have like your your <coughs> level of productions like 300 times it's almost like you're given some sort of super, superhuman power mm. like it's I, that sounds ridiculous but I swear to you that's the best way I've described no, it no I get it I mean, but it's like once every mm. 30 days for me mm. uh, it varies between well, I mean, person at, at but the time when I was uh, drinking as well I started taking cocaine and smoking cars, I'm saying you know, you, just, you're wanting an, you're wanting like an unnatural high basically and the first but, time right. that I took cocaine the feeling was amazing and I was always chasing that yeah feeling, yeah that's what I mean. More That's more why, more like, people compare. Actually, yeah. people have, in relation to what I just said, people compare the hypermanic side because to cocaine because people because mm. manic depressives, or bipolar disorder. They, mm. I've heard cases of people going, "Oh, I took cocaine because like I wanted to get back to that feeling as quick as possible." But they are people who have took them. This is one of the reasons why I thank my parents for this that they were very against drugs. So mm-hmm. I've never took any illegal drugs, like so, um, I, mm-hmm. and, and I'm really glad because I can categorically say I've said this before. I, I have a very addictive personality, so mm-hmm. I know for a fact, like I could quite easily be the person yeah. you've just described. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I mean, what do you think about this? I'm, I mean, I meet people. I don't know what you think yourselves, and people say I'm a recovering alcoholic. 
And I reply, no, I'm not. I'm an alcoholic, yes. but I don't drink. That's I mean, brilliant. How do you think about mm. it? I what, totally what is a recovering alcoholic? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't mean anything. I'm an alcoholic and I know I am, but I don't drink. No, no. That's the way. Does it? Does it? No. Um, I would recommend people watch a YouTube clip of Craig Ferguson, who is an American talk show host, who is a well known alcoholic, or he was at the time. And because um, he did a show for 10 years called The Late Late Show, and he, there's hundreds of episode, uh, episodes where he brings it up and there's a famous clip he did which is on YouTube um, and he got Emmy nominated for it where he basically went he came on and did his opening monologue which people do on talk shows in America and he goes uh, it was around the time do you remember when Britney Spears had shaved her head oh, um, yes, and yes. she was like everyone was like worried about her and yeah. she was drinking all the time and she was like oh that sounds like she's got she's going through hell and he goes and he basically went on and every other talk show host at the time would like be doing jokes about like, you know, oh, I'm really sort of struggling to come up with a monologue. I think I'm going to go and shave my head. Like, you know, st- jokes like that. And he just went, um, and he just went, you know, um, there has to be an, a, an element of responsibility when you do comedy that you have to, you don't attack the vulnerable people and you don't attack what someone that obviously has an issue and uh, it's not that's not that isn't funny and he just basically like talks about that I'm not going to do any Britney Spears jokes and people think it's a leading to a bit yeah. and he goes no and he go and he then says you know I'm a I'm an alcoholic and he goes and he basically says like he talks about the culture and celebrities which you know I'm I, gladly ask you both what you think because this seems to me to be you know obvious no matter if it's alcohol or anything but he goes like this horse shit idea of like Lindsay, the Lindsay Lohans of this world who go to a 30 day rehab and yeah, go I'm exactly. cured I'm cured look guys yeah. I haven't got a problem yeah. and he goes I'm not and he, he actually says the sentence you just said he's right, like right. I'm not a recovering alcoholic I'm an alcoholic and I just don't drink well, I'd never heard that no, and, I was, yeah. and it's funny because again as somebody who hasn't had a, a, you know, a genuine alcohol problem is that um, you know, like an addiction is that when I watched that, it he actually taught me. He actually made me sort of understand it more, and that's me having an open mind to go because I, you know, my my dad had an alcoholic had alcohol issues. Um, he, I wouldn't say he was an alcoholic, but he used it to cope, and it made him angry and aggressive, and and all this kind of thing. And I think that was a contributing factor. Um, but I think. You know, I found out when I found out I had a mental health issue that actually he was depressed. My my mom uh, admitted to me he was a really depressed guy when she first met him, mm-hmm. um, because as I'm sure you guys know, it's often genetic. Mm-hmm. It can be genetic yeah, uh, yeah. depressive mm-hmm. symptoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for guys, it's more common. I don't know if right. you know that, but um, okay. the guy gene is more common for guys to pass on a depressed right. gene. Right. So, right. Right. Um, but we've had this conversation before, haven't we, about yeah, using yeah. the word cure. And oh, how I hate kind it, of yeah. false it could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for something like Being PTSD, fixed. for example. Yeah. I mean, there's people out there on TV, radio, who can claim, <clears throat> "Oh, we can cure you," but really, what they're doing is, I mean, I'm not denying that they don't turn people's lives around because they do. I've seen it. That these guys become, you know, a lot better in life. That's because they've used control and methods to the best of their ability. Does it mean they're cured? I, I would say not necessarily. You know, and I think it's a dangerous. Because if, if you if your controller methods aren't working for whatever reason, and you can't work yourself to this, you know, cure in inverted commas, that would make that risk that person being more vulnerable, more feeling of being a failure. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, yeah interesting. So, that leads that leads me to ask you, like, because you know, I think this is like a 
this this is kind of how people look at a lot of issues like this, like addiction in particular, mm-hmm. is I think they miss the point of why you're addicted in the first place. Like, and what I mean by that is that I guess, like, again, I'm being <laughs> welcome to Stephen being the Mister Cynical Host right now, but I'm 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 being you devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I get accused of being cynical, cynical every now and again, but um. To compare you guys, you know, I guess like if if I was being, you know, I, I, forgive me for being stereotypical because no, I know you, I know you are not, you are more complex than this. But a recovering alcohol uh, alcohol guy and a guy who suffers with PTSD, I guess let's let's just like stereotypically define you both, even though I don't like doing that. But I'm just saying, if someone looked at you and you just said define yourselves as that, even though I know you, that's not what you would want to do, mm-hmm. is. The, the thing that I find something that people would look at in a common sense would go, oh, guy who has PTSD, which in a layman's perspective would go, oh, it's post-traumatic, is in something that happened after a traumatic episode. So they'd mm. go, oh, that happened as a byproduct of something, so you can get over it. Right, yeah. Like, that's the common yeah, yeah. thing. And with alcohol, people mm. go, oh, if you just get rid of alcohol, that stops the, stops the issue, which, yeah. you know, I want you guys to talk about that because if that's well, it's, a common it's like, fallacy. Um, I mean, now I facilitate a group for people at self-harm. Yes. Because, I, as you know, I self Oh, yeah, that's another years. example. Yeah. And to me, people come along to that group, whether it's scratches or really deep cuts or whichever way that mm. they self-harm. To me, the self-harm isn't the problem. The, the problem is the reason why they feel the need yeah. to self-harm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what needs to be looked at. Do you know what they said to me in hospital? I, n- I never thought <coughs> I'd ever say this, right? But um, I, I obviously, because, you know, I was going through... The, found out that the medication I was taking was making me just bipolar all the time like massively mood swings like I would have them every now and again I was having like 20 a day it was horrible like just constantly like not sure how I felt and just ma- like completely literally the, the, the phrase off the wall mm-hmm. is a really good description of that mm-hmm. and um I obviously I led to that and I'd never done it before I'll freely admit this I'd never done it like I'd had occasions as a teenager which I'm not trying to be jovial about this, but I'm just saying, you know, when like you kind of like you get, to, I guess, in a bad position as a teenager, and you just go, and you just you you feel like doing it, but you don't actually do it properly. As I've I've had plenty of examples of that, but I'm just saying, you no, know, in all like when I was in hospital, I was literally doing everything I possibly can to try and end my life, and it was like. Mm-hmm. And um, the re- and, and I, I only bring this up again. I don't want this. People listening to this will go, "Oh, it's a very depressed episode," but I'm, we're being honest and just saying that. Um, because it shows that you know we're we're joking, and then we're talking about really serious stuff. Is this? I swear to you, a doctor in the hospital said I wasn't self harming enough for it oh, to be yeah. for it to be yeah, a problem. I and I, the reason I bring this up is because what you just said is very compassionate. Mm-hmm. That you're saying it doesn't matter if you self harm a little bit or a lot exactly. or whatever it's it is. It's irrelevant. The fact that you're actually wanting to do it is the problem, yeah, the which problem. is exactly the point. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, it relates. Remember when we talked to Jenny? Wasn't she saying that? Because she was of a certain weight, the doctors oh, wouldn't accept her. Yeah, you know, you have to be under a certain weight to get treatment. I mean, if someone's on that trajectory already, yeah, and they get into, and you giving them an incentive, yeah, you giving them an incentive because apparently, no. where's, the, where's the intervention? What was my response to them going? Oh, I wasn't self harming enough. Well, my response was, okay, I'll do more. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, that's so fucking ter- a terrible and thing now, to say. If you're a smoker, they can refuse you oxygen in hospital. Can you really? believe that? Yeah, oh, really. God. As someone who's, I've, I've quit smoking several times in my life. Like I, we just mentioned that. I remember we had a conversation about this as regards to smoking. You cast that as sort of self harming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it is. How really would it you? Because it's, it's something yeah. harming your body. And you do you use it in the same corporate methods as he did? Well, no. I mean, I've actually had cancer as well, Rick. As yeah, a, I yeah, don't know I if know, you know, but through smoking. Yeah. 
Most, I don't know what it's true. <laughs> it's lifestyle, it, yeah. it could yeah, be yeah, anything. Yeah. I mean, oh, but, been, um, yeah. cancer of the liver, I but guess, I still yeah. smoke now. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's right. my only sort of pleasure Your because vice, yeah. I mean, the alcohol problems. I knew I was close to death, and I was drinking half a bottle of vodka as soon as I woke up. Mm-hmm. I booked mm-hmm. myself in the detox, did a week's detox, going in the morning, getting breathalyzed, medication to go home with. And to me, the hard part wasn't stopping drinking. Mm-hmm. When you come out of detox, you'll be going back to that same life with the same friends. Yeah. So I basically cut everybody off out of my life apart from me, my mum and my sister. Yeah. And started a new life. People who actually mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would have done all that hard yeah. work and went back into the same situation. Mm-hmm. And touch wood, I, 15 years later, I still haven't had a drink. So well, I was going to say to be more sort of positive about this because, I, I mean, like, we, we are in the sense because, look, we're having this conversation and, and this wouldn't have happened without us, without them decisions. But, like, so what led you. I know this is very, this is very just like, oh, can you define like something that's really hard in one sentence? Yeah. But you know, the good thing about, pod- good thing about, pod- but no, but I don't mean that because the good thing about podcasting is you've got time to actually talk about it is, um, yeah. is, uh, cause again, I, I can, you know, again, cause just to clarify, you're quite right in saying that it's a, it's a daily, weekly, yearly process that you consistently working on not to be, not mm. to deal with your mental health and your alcohol and all kind of... Well, I guess first of all, did you ever like get diagnosed as having a mental health issue? Like, yeah, did they say anxiety what it was? and depression. That's oh, right. when I cut my wrist. Okay, yeah. yeah. That, and, and that's then, what led you to alcohol. Yeah, and then I was put on antidepressants and sleeping medication. And I mean, sleeping tablets. I was taking a strip and just waking up normally yeah, the next yeah. morning and feeling a failure because of that. As well. Again, so yeah, that's that right. the, the point I was getting yeah. to, which is what we were talking about, is that's the root of the reason you do it. It's yeah. not, alcohol's not the reason you do something. Mm-hmm. It's that you, you don't just suddenly decide well, to have people alcohol. People don't, it's, it's the kind of thing, the, the the discrimination in a way, that people didn't look beyond the alcohol. No, it's no. just the alcohol didn't yeah. say the root cause. The, 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 Same with drug yeah, addiction the, or anything. Not the yeah. cause, the effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even when I was cutting myself, the doctor said to me, I needed to stop, otherwise I might lose a limb. You never once said, "Well, why are you doing this, Steve?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's what I mean. They always yeah. looked at the. That's that. That's what I always find very superficial about like human beings mm-hmm. is that they always look at the what I regard as the superficial mm-hmm. aspect of things, and they don't kind of go. Well, we had but why are people behaving that way? And like, if you ask that question to me, I don't know how anyone can't lead to. Mm-hmm. Why would anyone in good conscience? Well, decide to do that. Exactly. Like that's, got, that, that's the sentence I can't. Got to be a yeah, I say like, I can't. It's like it's why I always say to people with bipolar disorder: if I'm having a terrible, terrible time and I'm miserable and I just can't do anything and I hate life and I wish the world would burn, it's like I always say to people: like you know, when they, where, if anyone's trying to say something which I regard as quite, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like compassionateless mm-hmm. or whatever the right word, like lacking compassion, mm-hmm. is I always say to them: like, you know, I've just got one question: is that if I said I wanted to feel that way, then I everyone has a right to. Ta- I feel everyone has a right then to go. You're, you know, you know. Well, you know, you deserve everything you get. But when I say to them, like, I have no, you know, I wish I wasn't like this. Like when I feel like that, I, of, of course I don't want to feel that way, and I'm trying everything I possibly can to do something about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, would you really wish that on anyone? Like, you know, as people who have mistreated me appallingly, and I would never want them to feel that way. And I guess that that's kind of the point where I'm getting at is that it just that's it what I love about me. mentally sound in that we yeah. we've we've talked about such a broad range of subjects and going back to this sort of uh, dis- the fact that we can laugh about it yeah is just, I mean it's great like it, you, know. you know the point about looking beyond and not looking at the root cause I mean we had a great discussion on homelessness didn't you remember that conversation yeah and I was really and we and we I think our suspicions were confirmed that you know the the, the the people from the homeless charity I think they were from DePaul. Yes, um, that's right, yeah. Said that, you know, 
mental health is the root cause of why these people are on the streets, why they've took drugs, why they've took, you know, alcoholism mm -hmm. and, you know, the myths out there, they just need to be broke down. Whereas before, people look at the people in the street and they just, they want to come and pat the dog rather than the human, yeah, that sort yeah. of thing, you know? And it's like, you, you said something earlier, which I think, um, you know, deserves to be more talked about, is that, like, I think if you asked a lot of people with mental health, what is their number one goal? And I think, you know, in my opinion, I think every, I think everyone should have this goal in life. Um, if you ask a mental health person, what is the number one thing they'd like to do is just pay their bills. Like, you know, so people always say the first thing about mental health, I've, I've, I've met people, cynics who go, people with mental health don't provide anything to society and, and don't mm. provide for themselves and don't work hard or don't like think. Mm. And it's like, I want the opportunity, I want the opportunity to do what I want to do in life, but also like have the help I need to do that yeah. because we have to yeah. admit, like, you know, I, I don't regard this as being less strong or, or less mm. of a person by going, I've been given, uh, I've been given, you know, a deck of cards that, that mm. are, that are marked or something. Like, is in, I have, I, I, the, the hand I've been given is hard. Like, you know, because essentially yeah. if you talk about mental health, for the most part, there are social and environmental factors involved in it, but there's, there's, a, there's about, there's a, half of it is genetics mm. and how you, and how you, you know, and who you're born, who you who the people you're born to. All these, the majority of them factors, yeah, you can do things that make you less, more responsible and, and do things like a better lifestyle and stuff when you're well. But, but like, the thing, and I'm not trying to just like say that we're, we're victims and deserve mm. to not be, to be blameless, but mm. there's a huge amount of it that we're, we need to be blamed, we're blameless yeah. for because it's stuff that is out of our mm. control. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of the, the biggest, uh, I, the I, biggest I factor. I mean, even today, um, I'm doing okay in life, but to me, yeah. it's not about going out there and making thousands of pounds. No, as long oh, as I no, can no. keep a roof over my head, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the work I do now, I've yeah. got a good support network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm out. I'm keeping active and mm -hmm. busy, mm -hmm. and that that's good. Enough I honestly for me. think uh, I, I've 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 like sort of characterised this as just doing something meaningful. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's it, really. And if I can stop somebody going down the same road that I went yeah, down yeah. all them years ago, which me, is like, good, as I said. Well, like, we've had this conversation before, Steve. Like our goals tend to be a lot smaller, but the yeah. the, the mean the ever more big. Yeah. Know, whereas someone else might be, oh, I'd love to go to such and such place. For me, you know, going back to that question you asked about how much does mental health affect us in a day? When I go from A to B, when I when I get in my office. To me, I, I could do cartwheels mm -hmm. because it. I'm like, yeah, I've done it. I'm, I've, I've survived this journey, and I'm, I and got I'm okay. There, yeah. yeah, that means a hell of a lot to it's me. Like when I arrived here, it's like you know, you go through like because I'm not, I've not had a particularly great month, and it's mm -hmm. like, you know, I can't tell you like you know my thought process. And again, this is just especially if you're not well, as you, you guys will come 100% understand this. So I'm sitting there going, is there a way? Like you know, you go through like you know, peaks and valleys of. Is there a way I can get out of going today? Is there a way I can get out of going today? Is there a way I can get out of going today? And it's just like, and then I just, yeah. you, you, it, luckily I like woke up with a good enough of a thing going, no, I'll go, like I'll mm -hmm. go, I'll make myself go. But I actually, you know, which is just luck, as I say, it's just I woke up today for whatever reason feeling particularly willing to go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's. And, and what I sometimes say to people as well is, I think this is a song as well, I came into the world with nothing and I've still got most of it left. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's quite poetic. Yeah. yeah. That must be a song. Elton Jonathan. <laughs> you know, I think it's a guy called uh, C60. 
Do you know who oh yeah, I, I love C sixteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, from Glass. Yeah, yeah. Oh great. I, I he's, great I he's great C sixteen. He's great C sixteen. Do you know that whole story about how he um, how he came to be? Um C sixteen for those who don't know who he is, who Steve just mentioned, uh, he's a like he plays like a three stringed yeah. Garbage guitar, like it was a guitar that he, he built because he was a home. Yeah, yeah, it was like almost like sort of homeless, and he literally just uh, bust outside of Glastonbury, and he got he was so good and so different that uh, people just started like hanging out around him, oh, and he got like an audience, and then mm-hmm. some record label uh, who were at Glastonbury like went to see him and went, oh, we can totally market this guy because he's like he looks like a pirate and uh, he's got like a big grey beard and yeah. he plays really. He plays like almost like plucky banjo type uh, yeah, way of doing it. Yeah. Um, it's really but cool. The, the and sound he gets from that and he's great. Big, minky little instrument. Yeah, and he's really yeah. fast. It's like plucky. It's like old school, like sort of like bluesy. Because he wear dungarees as well. Like, yeah, and he, yeah, and he, was, yeah, he, yeah. Wear, he just looked like somewhat like a yeah. trucker or something. Yeah. Like, and I don't mean no disrespect to truckers, but I'm just saying, like, you know, he looked mm. like he some American, mm. like just come out of South American. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's just the fact, that, as you say, he makes his own guitars, which yeah, is just yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And then you know, like, and then like two years later, he's like, he's he's, he's like being interviewed on Top Gear. It's like it just yeah. goes to show that. Well, he know, headlines he, festivals now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's pretty cool. So yeah, no, that's good, good reference. Yeah. But um, but no, I mean, like, yeah. So I guess the the, the to, to turn this into a more positive thing, we're not going to again. We've been talking about mental health for ages, so let's not talk about it forever. But um. What so? What I guess in the sense made you sort of turn round. What would it would it be? I know that's a very generic thing to say, but turn is right, right Yeah. What yeah. what what was? Because usually, uh, I want to know what you. Th- I want to know what it was like for you. But usually, because this is why I always say it's very important to use having a support network and just somebody that believes in you. Yeah. Um. Was it was it someone like was there someone like that for you, or was yeah, it just well, something that twigged? Uh, what was it? Well. It took me being diagnosed with cancer to get help with my mental health. Okay. And I got put in touch with the Richmond Fellowship, providing supported housing for people with mental health. Okay, yeah. And I was, it was their 50th anniversary, and I was invited to the Baltic to an event. Okay. I went down uh, with a glass of orange juice I was sitting, by the way, and I met this guy called Mark Thorpe, and he sat and he spoke to us, and he was one of the first people in my life I'd met that didn't judge us. And when I showed him my arms and stuff, mm-hmm. He understood, yeah, yeah, and he opened up about his mm-hmm. his personal life, mm-hmm. and he gave me opportunities, and he didn't dictate to us. What the question he asked me is, where would you like to be in five years' time? Instead of saying, right, we're going to do this, 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 and the next mm-hmm. thing with you, and it was around that time as well when I got thinking about my daughter, and if I took my own life, what would my daughter think? You know, yeah, yeah. and I wanted to, I wanted to see my daughter, and something else clicked. I didn't realise how much I was hurting my mother because when I was unwell, it was all about me. Yeah, yeah. Nobody else mattered. Mm-hmm. And these days, my mum's got a smile on her face, you know, and I give her half of everything. Yeah, it's I like, it's nice that, Sounds like, like relationship you know I have mean? with my mum yeah. as well, you know. Yeah, because you do like feel like, you know, yeah. I mean, um, you do, yeah, it's, it's, you, uh, your relationships like sort of crumble around you and it's mm-hmm. not really your fault mm-hmm. and like, it's the people who kind of like give you leeway that are the mm-hmm. people that worth ca- keeping. And I, and I mean, when, when my dad was alive, uh, he's since passed away but I mean when he was alive one of the fam- things he was famous for saying to me was make a name for yourself yeah. he yeah. kept saying that to me you yeah. know. and mm. to me I think in my own little way I have made a name for myself mm-hmm. mm. you know, I'm doing stuff I didn't think I was capable of myself mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean what do you think about because like, this is something I get, cri- I, I get I mean, speaking for me I get criticised about this all the time 
is what do you think about the fact that like as you said you now you know as you touched on earlier so I don't need to go into it too much is that you say you work for universities now yeah, and you yeah. talk openly about you know what you've went through um, as I said the thing I get criticised for I think probably Ricky Ricky's the same both for Twitter is occasionally you'll get someone that goes oh you know you're such a selfish person for talking about your story and, and like you know you always seem to like think that everyone should talk about it and you, you know what I mean like they, 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 they attack you for being open about what you go through like what's your response to that? Well the way I see it is I've been through maybe what 30, 32 years of absolute crap <laughs> And no one doing something decent with it. Go away, you say like go away, You know what yeah. I mean? No, but you, no, no one doing something decent. Self-indulgent. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, self-involved, self-absorbed. Yeah, I get, I get that a bit. Yeah. And the reason um, I do what I do is because I don't. I want to try and stop other people going down that path. Yeah, that's literally the yeah. reason. Like you know, I, I, I feel like I can speak for anyone that speaks openly about anything. Is that that's the number one reason? Yeah, okay, maybe people want to be as you say be well known but if you know if there's anything to be noble about being well known for something is it be, <laughs> being well known being it's well known for wanting to help somebody yeah. like isn't that a, the most noble thing to be well known yeah, for as you yeah. possibly can yeah. like you know I generally would love to it's going talk back to, to being mental about, health and it's going back to about aspiration yeah, I yeah. aspire to to, 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 to to raise awareness and help others yeah. And that's good enough for me. It's like my goal, uh, my goal sitting here talking to you guys and doing a podcast every week is not to sit there and go, oh, I want to be like really fame, I want to be fame. It's like, like, that's not the underlying reason I do it. I do it because I enjoy it yeah. and it's fun. Yeah. That's the number one reason. But the, the, the other reason is that when we talk about stuff like this, you know, if, if so, there'll be someone that'll go, oh, you know, this, this is very serious and very heavy mm. and all that kind of thing. And I'm like, we're just we're just three guys sitting in a room talking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is and again, I think that's what's interesting about this is we didn't have a microphone in here right now and we were talking. It would, we would probably talk about exactly the same yeah, thing. Exactly. Uh, but I mean, university as well. There's lots of students are like, oh, simple. I don't look for sympathy. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Oh, that drives I me mean, insane when people say that to me. The people that I'm working with, the, the students, they're the future healthcare yeah. in this country. Absolutely. And so why shouldn't I use the yeah. crap I've been through to yeah. try and alter their opinions <laughs> and the way they work? Do you know what I mean? Do you ever, do you ever get that? Because I got this, I got this as, 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 as uh, recent as last night is, um, I, uh, the, the, this idea of the, the, the this thing about pit, people pitying you. Is no. that when you, when someone asks you how you are, and you go, and you just go, you know what, screw this, I'm going to tell them what I actually am feeling. And I was just like, you know, as, as I've said, and I'm not good, not going to it, but as I've had a particularly hard time the last few weeks, and it's just, again, there's just fresh pressures in my life and stuff like that. And and uh, I just told this person the truth. I was like, oh, well, if you really want to know how I'm feeling, I'm feeling I'm feeling awful. I'm, I'm unbelievably, feel unbelievably pressured. I've got, you know, mm-hmm. financial issue, like potential financial issues coming up and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing. And, you know, potentially mm-hmm. needing to look for work, which is, you know, I've been blessed that I don't have to work, I don't have to work for a while, but I, I need to sort that out, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, in general, uh, my mental health is, is beating me up at this at this present time. And like their response was, which kind of told me all I need to know was that I'm, um, oh, well, you know, oh, oh, you know, he has another person who's after, you know, he just wants to be pitied. And I'm like, that's not, it's not I'm like, I'm, there's a difference between going out deliberate, like, especially, I'm like, you asked me, like, I didn't, yeah, exactly. I, I didn't I go, I didn't truth. go, oh, Ricky, uh, <laughs> oh, Ricky, uh, um, I feel like, I feel like that wasn't like, it, I can understand if I got here today. I'm telling you this now, and we've been we've been hanging out with each other for what two hours, mm-hmm. right? So we've been sitting here for two like two hours, even before doing the podcast, right? Not once did the, I didn't like walk in and go, oh hi Steve, I, I feel like shit. 
<laughs> like I actually was like the first thing I said would you you know correct me you know I don't want people to go I'm forcing you to say this but it wasn't the first thing I said was like, I sat down and was like oh how are you doing Steve how yeah, are things of course you did yeah. Uh, yeah. what did I say in, in the and Facebook? I asked I asked you yeah exactly you asked me and I was honest and yeah. I said oh, I'm, I'm not feeling great yeah, but I'm alright I right. text you as well I'm saying you know I'm going to be a bit late because yeah. I was feeling it like wasn't a problem you know yeah, what yeah, I, mean? yeah, and I, didn't I knew you guys would understand well I don't want to I don't want to be bad but I just went oh what a prick I we were like we should find a way of getting him off yeah, mentally exactly. sound yeah. <laughs> we should have said it starts at one o'clock yeah yeah yeah, yeah then he would turn yeah, at one time, time. <laughs> oh, do you know what <laughs> see this is, this is what I mean yeah. we can we teach can people it's yeah, fine exactly, yeah. Yeah. sorry but you said the word I didn't say that though <laughs> 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 Sorry, it's you said the silly. word uh, pity there. I don't want to go off too much on a no, tangent, go on, yeah, but go. I mean, uh, no, go for it. Being quite topical Just as well. Names. <laughs> <laughs> no, because as you would have saw this recent thing with Hillsborough. Um, oh yeah, the Hillsborough. This, the, I mean, there's. I a, just do you want to provide the context for that for people that don't know. You're talking about the Hillsborough disaster. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. So well, for people that don't know, the football fans, I'll tell the quick the quick analogy. Hillsborough disaster was a thing that happened with a football match between Liverpool and Sheffield not, Wednesday. Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest. But it happened in Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday ground. Yes. Yeah. And um, lots of people time, yeah. died in a football match years ago, and because of the police sort of hiding what happened, it find due to the families um, over the years keep fighting for the information to come out it was finally revealed that the police were negligent and that was the reason the people got to take well that's just that the establishment at the time used to dub the people of Liverpool for going on about it as self-pity city you know really yeah. Uh, well yeah I mean that obviously makes because like yeah. these these Maybe families were after justice they, they, they knew what went on they refused to believe that that their own uh, sons and daughters brothers, sisters it was their fault that why you know 96 people died in the end um, and you know there's a brilliant documentary on Five Live I'll put it out online uh, today or tomorrow sometime where you know people have actually took their own lives because mm. it's, it's affected them that much you know family members and so on even a Nottingham Forest fan who was who was there on the day but was actually on the other end of the ground he ended up having a nervous breakdown and uh, wow through severe PTSD and ended up hanging himself not long after so do you uh, think now though that this will be let lie now or well, they're, they're pursuing. They want. Well, they're suing. Oh, they they want prosecution. Yeah. I think mm. rightly so. Of course, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it reminds me of another incident, Bloody Sunday, which happened in Derry yeah. in 1972. Similar yeah. thing, yeah. similar cover-up, where um, people's uh, who were there, the witnesses' statements were altered yeah, purposely. Yeah. Um, I was. I paid attention to Hillsborough because I remember. I remember when it happened. I was watching on Grandstand. And I remember the Monday morning next day. Um, uh, we had an assembly and the headmaster wanted to talk to us about it because he felt you know mm-hmm. kids watching this live how it would affect them so he kind of tried and put it in perspective so it's always stuck with me and it's stuck with me as well because this could have happened at any club it's not mm-hmm. it's not just solely a Liverpool thing where you know it, it hap- any team could be playing in the semi-final and the same thing had happened but I was with the campaign all the time. I just paid attention to what was being said, yeah. and I was over the moon when when uh, the, the the court came up with the decision that they were. Oh, especially if it's killed, like a cover up type thing, yeah. And, and, and I, I think that should be everybody's response. Like, and you know. sharing the condition of, of PTSD, I, I felt a huge solidarity with them and what they went through, and I know that people have took their lives and so. But yeah, like Stephen said that in relation to alcohol, like, but in in terms of like PTSD, do you ever get like people who say? 
Oh, it's uh, because it because it was a byproduct of a of a mm. of a, tra- a traumatic experience. It's like, well, if you just get over the traumatic experience, the disorder will just disappear. It doesn't really work like that, does it? Well, no, that's why you know I, I've had sort of psychotherapy to deal with the the original root cause of what happened. Yes. Um, I remember one time I went to a reflexology type class where. Whilst I understand the technique that they used, it, it didn't necessarily work with me. But what they try and do is relive what you went through, and and in, in mentally having it as a, as a still photograph in your mind. Yeah. And then mentally try and drain the colours away from that photograph, yeah. and it helps helps your memory banks to put it away. Yeah. So it isn't effective. So it isn't later like in life. Yeah. Very. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. I had I had the word on the tip of my tongue. Like very like striking mm. uh, in your head in your mind yeah but yeah you know I guess that traumatic experience that's a very yeah, good description yeah. of any traumatic experience but you know the yeah. subsequent psychotherapy I had in counselling and other mental health sort of uh, CBT yes uh, helped me get over some things you know I'm over the flashbacks I'm over the the sleepless nights um, the images which 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 I used to be scared of don't scare me as much anymore yeah yeah but you know the depression anxiety still lingers it's, it's yeah I was going to say you're going to always have like a residue yeah, or whatever yeah. the right word is because yeah. um, you know I guess we, we touched on some very heavy stuff earlier on and it's like mm. this is the thing that again you said about that we had a test cure which we've had private conversations about mm. that I don't, I don't know what you think Steve but we, we like I don't think you ever really get over anything remotely well like I could just like, chip in there as well yeah, Steve yeah, I mean do you know I said I hadn't sold Trump for 15 years yes. and I'd overcome it I had an incident uh, two days before New Year's Eve this year mm. where I actually cut my leg and got 32 stitches. Oh, yeah. And that was through yeah, a yeah. relationship that I hadn't had one of them for 15 years. Okay, yeah. And it broke down very We sort of knew about that, but we were yeah, but didn't sort of Do you know the yeah. thing about that is? Yeah. I had two choices. With it being New Year, I felt like going to alcohol, turned to alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I knew if I had one drink, mm-hmm. then it would have been down the ladder yeah, straight yeah. away again, yeah. constantly drinking. Yeah. So my way of dealing with it was cutting, which I could control yeah. and manage. So I cut myself and I've been okay again. But it just proves that even though you can overcome self-harm, it's always with you. Yeah. And it just takes mm-hmm. something to trigger it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exactly. Well, you know, and you said and you said in relation to alcohol, which makes a great deal of sense, is that um, as you said, I'm I am an alcoholic. I'm yeah. not a recovering alcoholic. No, I'm not a recovered alcoholic. alcoholic. Yeah. Like you know, this is why this idea of um, I've heard this with people when I when I you know from when I first got diagnosed to my last recent breakdown was um, was this idea of like it's almost like people wish you weren't like that. Mm-hmm. And as I said, like if we're talking on just whether we wish we were like that. <laughs> that's something we both agree on <laughs> like I wish sometimes I wasn't like that but again I guess I'm I always say though which is sounds silly but again I'm being frank about it because I think people with bipolar disorder need to talk about this more it has its it has its uh, advantages as I as I touched on earlier like you know you can you, you can be very productive and um, mm. you can be sort of unrealistic about the sort of morality of, of life and, and, and be and in creativity it gives it, yeah it gives you an edge it yeah, gives yeah, you an yeah. extra thought and what, what, what yeah, yeah, you know yeah. it, there's an extra dimension there which you put into your work which others might and I think this is just lucky in this particularly with autistic people as well because they're amongst the most that's what I'm saying I have I I, I probably I've never actually like I've never actually like got checked for this but I probably have something like attention deficit disorder Mm. or whatever it is because um, I have my my like my uh, concentration levels are really terrible Mm. Um, so so yeah, on on that kind of basis, that like yeah, I'm, I'm I I do yeah, I just think um, 
it as you said it I'm lucky in the sense of when I grew up that um I have that mind like when I was in hospital they did a bunch of tests on me and it was like I have an extremely analytical mind like I I overthink things I have an overactive brain so um I often I've, I, people have seemed to like the way I've described this is that um when I was in hospital I, I described it as my brain works like about a hundred double decker buses all coming into the same roundabout mm-hmm. and all hitting each other at the same mm-hmm. time and every single one of them double deckers is a single thought yeah. and I have to figure out and I'm yeah. trying to figure out what thought it is I actually want to think so that's why I often say to people which is why I always say to people feel, the way you feel is not necessarily what you do feel because because that my brain can be so scattered in that sense mm-hmm. I don't know which thought is actually my own thought like and actually mm-hmm. what I do feel about something so it actually if I ever make any important decisions and I've learned this over time is I don't just react mm. I actually like sit and ponder and then I go yeah, yeah, no yeah. actually this is what I think like no I, mm. I realise like which is why I, I said this to a friend of mine the other day that um, there's certain friends I go to or I actually like to say to them this is my current situation I have no idea what I think about it like I I, I keep changing my mind so I tell them and, we, and they sort of help me go through it and uh, it's a really good process mm-hmm. for me sort of like almost debunking my brain to go yeah. oh this is actually that's actually happening because I usually get that's what's great about therapy I mean that's that's essentially what therapy does is that you sit mm-hmm. there and go and they go they pick and choose mm-hmm. and then go oh I have an emotional response to that they say something and you start like sort of getting a, an emotional response to it you go mm-hmm. and then I've had therapy sessions where I've literally went that's it that's mm-hmm. what's bothering me mm-hmm. like because I'd suddenly get you know mm-hmm. again so, so would you say you know when I sort of live my life pushing myself out of my comfort zone all the time yes. would you say that's my own personal therapy my way of dealing with things good or? question uh, you know what I mean if mm-hmm. I get asked to do something I've never done I'll say yes I don't know I mean so, I, do I, I would I, I would respond to that with a question and going like how how much of that is your decision like do you do you I have do you the right actively to say, push no. it yeah but no but I, you, do you actively push yourself though to do I that I do yeah, yeah. Where, where I would measure it is how much of a reward feeling you get afterwards and yeah and if you get, get a, if you get a certain high then I would say you know yes what, I get that kind of high yeah like off a line of coke yeah, what, like a, give us, yeah. Uh, I get that buzz adrenaline rush yeah same thing well, it's like, um, because so I, I know I need to talk about this as the award ceremony, but like, when I, um, when I, um, went up and did the speech, like, I say I got a lot of people come up to me afterwards who were like, wow, like, that was easy, the best speech of the whole thing. And it was like, you, you're so unbelievable, like, you looked mm-hmm. confident. And the girl who sat on the table with me, I said this to Steve before we started, because yeah. he's like, how did you do it? Because I wasn't aware I was meant to make a speech. Yeah, I was so, about to say, so, yeah. did you have to make a speech along with the other nominees mm-hmm. yes. for that particular award? Yeah, it was like, they, 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 they think he does stuff. Let's get into it, because we, we But know, did you we, get a high off that number? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Well, that's kind of what I get yeah. on but a daily basis. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that, um, I, I was going to compare it to what you just mm-hmm. said. The reason I brought it up and the reason I thought of it was because I was trying to think of it in relation to what you just said for my life. And it's like, I know people who would be terrified of doing a podcast or speaking on the air because mm-hmm. you, you you were like, you know, I'm, I guess I can speak to you when you you were sort of like that when you first started that you were mm-hmm. at least nervous about being on. Mm-hmm. But now I think you're, you know, it's it's not second nature, but you, you're much more I comfortable. But I'm saying like, there's some people who you talk to, like you wanted to do that, and like I know we've we've talked about mutual love for Howard Stern, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah. Like, and you've you you know you've got much more of a UK radio background that you listen to stuff mm-hmm. like, so you were influenced by these people, like, and, and all that kind of thing. But I'm saying on a genetic, I guess if I if I if I could make a sweeping thing about mental health, there's a lot of people that you know 
when you know, and I've got obviously quite a lot of friends who have mental health issues, or, or, or I know people that do. And even when I tweeted about it, they're like, "That is the last thing I would want to do is to go up and talk in front of a crowd." Yeah, I was in my element. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I'm like. Every yeah, day, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why I think that's something we both share. Yeah. Is that like, you know, because as much as I, I wanted to sort of ask you, I guess the reason I was like sort of pausing when you said that because it intrigued me was that would you say? Is it really as much of a risk for you? That's kind of what I was going to say because for me, that it's a positive is risk, risk. Is it? Yeah, it's a positive yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. If the, if you're going to say it that way, it would be a positive risk. But I'm saying it's. I guess what I'm saying, if you're going to compare it to other people, it's like it's much less of a risk for us because we want to do it. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So you know, because the rewards are worth it. I would say about ninety percent of the speeches, which is why you know I'm not saying you know I, did, I honestly think my speech is great, but and I'm, and I'm saying that as objectively as because I I'm like you know I'd tell you if it was crap, but um, I think part of the reason it was re- well received by majority of people there was because a lot of people who came up because they've got mental mm-hmm. health issues or anxiety issues or whatever it was were literally just like hi we're like this person and like really were, were, were really uncomfortable about being mm-hmm. in front of I think there was like maybe a thousand people there firing people mm. I, don't know. I don't know so so um so a, a huge a, a decent crowd so um i think maybe 500 people maybe thousands too much but 500 people let's say um and and yeah so and it led me to honestly think i left that going i would actually love to because to to refer this to mentally sound the reason we do it, like, as we said about being funny and talking about serious stuff, but also because it's, it's surely it's an element of to show we're capable people. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Which is why, like, I get annoyed at the idea of, like, wow, you can, like, you've got a mental health issue and you can talk in front of crowds. I'm like, that doesn't, that shouldn't inhibit me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but, I mean, you know, I, I doesn't mean I disrespect someone like you who's like, you couldn't go for anxiety reasons. I'm like, I totally understand that yeah. and I don't judge you for it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm, I, I feel, I'm not religious, but I'm gonna use the word blessed, but I'm like, whatever, I feel, I feel really grateful that for whatever reason that has never bothered me. Like, I've never been someone that's like, I've run up in front of a crowd. Obviously, I was nervous and like, I wanted to do a good job, but I never was like, mm. wanting to run out of the room. When they said, I, I, I get, and again, there'd be people who think I'm arrogant saying this, but it was like, when they went, oh, you gotta do a speech and you gotta talk about mentally sound, I was like, I actually went, Oh, great! An opportunity. That's my. That was my first response. I was like, "Great! Mm. I'm, I'm I, an opportunity for me to speak my mind because uh, I'm grateful for that opportunity." Like you know, that's why whenever one ever asks me to be on a show, or can something, I ask I'm if like, you if you knew you were going to make a speech beforehand, would you have prepared something or would you prefer ad libbing? Well, or? as you kind of know, because I've got this way of doing things, is that um, I have quite a good way of improvising stuff. Yeah. So um, I w- I don't really write stuff down. I mean, I'm dyslexic, which doesn't help, but but. Uh, I, I would have wrote some stuff down like I did then because I basically like wrote some bullet points down and then was like oh I'm going to say this and make sure I mention everybody involved and all that kind of thing um, but apart from that I was like eh, I was like I kind of know it's like when you're involved in something like mentally sound especially from the beginning it's like me it's like someone saying to me like describe Geek Apocalypse I'm like I, I mean I've run it for three years it's like mm-hmm. I, I know what it is so mm-hmm. it's not like I need to sit down and go right what do I need to say about a thing that I've like built from the ground up it's like if it's a passion so I always say to people it annoys me when people go I don't know what to say about something that they're passionate about I'm like if, if it, to me if, if, that, if that's your if that's your response okay there may be other factors why you can't do it but if if your genuine reason is I don't know what to say, I would argue it isn't a passion because mm. if you can't talk about yes, it, I agree. Mm. Uh, because I don't prepare anything either. Yeah. I just mm. get up and 
go for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. similar thing happened well, to me. Made a whole thing of just just before you get this is very quick quick joke about isn't that that whole phrase of if you don't tell a lie you don't need to remember anything like if you tell a lie what was it I'm trying to think of the phrase it's like um, you've got a great memory if you tell the truth is basically the point it's like so if you tell a lie okay. the, the, the person who lies all the time has to have a great memory but if mm. you tell the truth you don't have to have a, a great memory at all which is something like that I'm and butchering I, that I phrase as well, Ricky, it was a phrase I liked if but. you're kind of reading up a script it sounds false yeah you know, when you're speaking yeah. to people where yeah when people go hi I really yes, like yeah. thank you for being here yeah, you just think really well, it's similar to where we discuss about talking about. Thank you, Steve, for saying that comment. About talking about mental health. That's okay. Yeah. Okay, the next segment yeah. is. What yeah. was that you said, Ricky? No. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like how we approach like mental health news, isn't it? It's like we didn't want to write long scripts. We so just about just doing bullet points to create yeah. a conversation. I love, I love how that's developed. Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. that's that's like the best segment. Yeah, again, that's something. I'm but there's something about speeches. I know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah let's just just, just very quickly because yeah. he, you know, because you yeah. just for people who who haven't listened to Mentally Sound, like we're talking about like we do a mental health news segment, which is ten minutes every show, where we do ten minutes ish, where we we talk about what's happened in the news, mental health related for the last month, because obviously with having a mentally mental health show, we can't ignore mental health news. Like we obviously talk about other stuff that's happened in the news, like throughout the show, but we <laughs> dedicate ten minutes to all the mental health stuff. And uh, Ricky was the original host of that, and I then play, he became yeah. co-host, and then. So, so kind of like because that's something you both share. Like, so what was it like? You know, we'll start well, with you, and then we'll talk about you taking over. Because there so. was one particular show. I, I don't know. It was one of the earlier ones where we. I think we left out mental health news because it, you know it was it was a kind of a packed show. Um, and I was like, oh no, it's a shame to leave it out. And I, I thought, think I, if it if it did, I'm pre- if, if if it's a show I remember, I would have argued that because well, I've what, always been a fan of it. But when when you guys were like discussing whether to have it or not have it, I don't, and I'm still surprised that I even did this at the time. But I kind of like put my hand up and says, well, hang on, is it right if I give it a go? And I didn't have anything with me. And I, so what I did, I went yeah. back in the green room and got my phone out and looked at Twitter and looked just just made a mental note of mental health news related stuff because I'm always yeah. tweeting them out yeah and I just came back in with it right I've got a few stuff here it didn't it didn't turn out that we we did it because we ran out of time but it was my, it, it kind of put me on a pedestal to do it in the next few shows and, and in all honesty like and again this is something you should be praised for is that if you hadn't have made that risk like we said earlier mm. about risk if you, ha- if you hadn't made that risk and said it done that then that segment wouldn't exist mm. exactly. like, quite you probably know, yeah so I can categorically say that because uh, I'll freely admit, you know, I mean, p- again, people, you know, I, I get, I think, unfairly criticised. You know, yeah, we're not going to go into this, but obviously, I've had criticisms about being on the show, about you know, talking too much or whatever it is, or, or claiming I'm talented or whatever the fuck it is. But my point is, I, I, I the example I gave of, of something where I'm like that that segment has n- absolutely nothing to do with me, and it's a great segment. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I'm you know, and I'm grateful for it because it's a section I don't need to worry about because you guys just deal with it. I like the way you kind of purposely don't want to know stuff either, so you hear it first. Oh, I always say that. Yeah, 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 I always, I always say that. But and that's something I'd never done, and I just sort of give it a go. And, and again, that's unconventional. And when that's we pass it on to Steve, I think he stepped in the role. Fantastically if we were, if we were on a, na- if we were on a, a real radio show, and I don't mean real in a harsh way, I'm just saying real as in on national radio mm. over here or whatever, like BBC or something. They would probably encourage me to know stuff, which I find quite interesting. Like if we were doing that section like again, yeah, they'd be yeah, like, do, they'd yeah, be like, oh, you yeah. should pre-interview everybody and all this mm. 
again this is something you know we don't do like we sitting here doing this podcast we didn't suddenly sit there you said oh what do we want to what do you want to talk about and i was like pretty much everything like or yeah. anything like and he was like great um which as i say i guess more you know i'm not saying this is in a being derogatory to who i'm talking to but like i guess the more famous people who have been on because they do interviews like this all the time are like oh, just so rectifying. Something in yeah, there. yeah it's like when it's like on tv uh, panel shows like you know uh, comedy panel shows um, oh, yeah. a few guests have actually said that when they got to be on the panel show because it was like a dream or you know it, it showed that they've made I don't know it, what you're trying to do, but they like, always found they always found it disappointing that they had to do like a, a, a read through yeah so all the jokes are there and they give ah, can I guess I, what show you're referring to because I think I know go on then um, well, at least there's one I know that does this which disappointed me because I actually wanted to go and see it filmed as if I got news for you yeah that's it because yeah. Yeah. the person who said it was Kathy Burke you know oh, yeah. with Harry Enfield yeah yeah, yeah. She was. She said on some show. I think it was Room One Hundred One. Actually, oh, said, I finally got to go. And have I got news for you? And I was disappointed that we had to go through all the rounds and what was going to be. Because they got accused of that the whole time. Because they basically do a read through with the guests, mm-hmm. and um, there is a potential for people to like the thing that people criticise for like, because the they do a cold read through. They do a cold read through with the presenter doing the auto cues and have the two guests there, and it's it's to help with cameras. So it's got, it gets into like a production thing. Mm-hmm. So they'll do it and they'll do the read through of the script. But because they do a read through of the script with the guest presenter doing rehearsals and having the two guests there, the guests here as well as like Ian and Paul will be around. They can potentially hear what's coming up. Mm-hmm. So because they can hear what's coming up, they can mm-hmm. prearrange what jokes they're going to say. Mm-hmm. So people have acute people who have been on the show, like some people who have named anonymous what through mm-hmm. the years of doing it, say um, they're pretty certain that like. Um, because they they sometimes there for rehearsals and they and the mm. guests can hear it that the guests are almost pre warned. Whereas uh, especially early on, supposedly like if I get news here, I had this idea of like oh it's just people off the top of their heads what they're coming mm. up with, and yeah. it's not like um, who signs it anyway or something where that is legitimately mm. improvised. But mm. um, yeah, apparently it's not. Um, so like so they finally admitted like oh some of the questions are aware of, but they never get enough time to do anything about it. But again, I. I at the very least, I felt they were being disingenuous. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so yeah, I thought that's what you thought about because yeah. I know this because I'm a huge fan of that show. Like, yeah, yeah. but um, it is. I did find that slightly disappointing. But, I, I, mean, I kind of don't care though. I kind of don't care. It's I mean, Ian Hislop's a fan, brilliant satirist, and, and yeah, Paul he Merton, doesn't need Paul to. Merton's a brilliant wordsmith. Yeah, it's a, it's a good juxtaposition. But you kind of think, do they, well, do they need to do that because they're natural? You anyway. can tell. You yeah. can tell. You can tell though that, like, when Paul Merton just makes something up and it's brilliant. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. Did but you know as well that Oliver Reed a lot of his stuff was put on for the cameras? Oh, really? He was made stuff drunk. Oh, really? Are you kidding? No, a lot of his was performance. Really? Yeah. Okay. If he's got a book out. Well, he has. <laughs> yeah, well, there's been a book written about him called "What Fresh." Did well for dying. He came out with a book. It's called "What Fresh Lunacy Is." This? And a lot of that was performing to the cameras because that's ah. what the public expected of Oliver Reed. So, like, because I remember he was on like my classical show and, and with he, the he, jug, of jug of orange, and he, it was like a. Vodka it wasn't orange. actually vodka. Um, it was it room one? Was that's it what the public expected. Was it room one at one? All oh, right, because um, are you referring to? There's a clip I saw where he's on some sort of like in the 90s he's on like a late night channel 4 review yeah. show yeah. And, and he gets up cosy with a woman ah, and he starts yeah. and she's like a feminist and yeah. she t- that like, was, she constantly oh. says get off me yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and he's like yeah. oh darling don't worry about oh, it oh, well, yeah, and he kisses her on the cheek and she's a feminist like not that that matters but I guess it just it reminds you. is that one of them as well yeah yeah well he wasn't drunk because he looked like he was drinking like an orange vodka alright that, that's kind of interesting. 
Yeah. I guess that's like sort of the reality thing of like, you know, if someone's like a reality show star and they're known for being like outrageous and out there, is that they have to be that way the whole yeah. time. So maybe There's another one that was like that was George Best, and uh, whenever I used to hear things about that, was that, uh, well, it's the BBC's fault for plying him with, without the mm. alcohol there for him to be able to get. Really? Is that what they did? And then kind of, you know. Is that what they did for his, like. Uh, well. I don't know if it's it's a that's immoral, uh, you yeah. that's a moral. purposeful thing, but if, yeah. if you knew, if you know an alcoholic's coming on and you're laying out the uh, that's like you know, doing a like a heroin addict show and going like it's heroin <laughs> for everybody, like, that's, that's awful. Yeah, and one of Oliver's best friends was Alex Higgins. Another, oh yeah, another famous celebrity yeah, who liked, uh, he was also like best mates with Keith Moon. The yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, he was just nuts. You know, I mean, he was drunk nuts. a lot of the time, but yeah. not the extent that people oh, say. Do you know Alex what I mean? Higgins, like you know. I'd, Saw like a thing where he was like frail and I met like, him. I met him uh, years ago. Yeah. Right. I was getting the metro at the central station and somebody bumped into us and it was Alex running oh, for okay. a train. Oh, right. He moment a little fame. Oh no, he's cool. Like, but he, he was, was well then. Fantastic, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I don't think snooker would have been the, the game it is today yeah. without him because he was the early trail trailblazer. I think. Yeah. You know. And unbelievably talented. Yeah. Like, I'd say like um, he was probably like the pre Ronnie O'Sullivan in terms mm. of talent. Like Definitely. he was unbelievably talented. Definitely. But they like, couldn't be as consistent because mm-hmm. of his issues. But mm-hmm. um, but no, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do total random stuff here. But um, good stuff. But no, so it's totally cool. So so yeah. So so you you touched on you touched on uh, you dealing with um, uh, the mental health news section of the mm-hmm. of the of the mentally sound. So because what I wanted to bring up with you because again this is something about you say about risk is that I, I got told whether this was true or not but in one of the breaks leading up to you being mental health news because what, what was the issue was some did someone cancel being co-host and you had to do it was it Richard Richard um, Kirby was it Richard was Kirby that, was that when I was unwell no there was some there was some reason why someone else was meant to be co-host and you were meant to be the mentally meant to do mental health news mm-hmm. and someone cancelled like during the week I think it was Richard Kirby Okay. Or someone like that, or maybe it was Sophie or something like that. Mm. And um, so we had to change the order because I don't think you were meant to do the show. No, you were meant to do mental health news the first time you did it. And mm. so we changed the thing of I said, oh, well, can Ricky do the co host and then mm, can right, someone yeah. else do mental health mm. news? And then we grew a in you. Yeah. Whatever it is, it was the context. So that's you took my original notes, I think, on that. Yes, that's, that's right, right, yeah. That's right, right yeah. yeah. That's right, yeah. That's right, yes. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm not wrong. I must, must be wrong in what I'm saying. So. I got told through one of the breaks in the lead up to that because they were going, "Oh, Steve will do it." Is that you were really nervous? I was, um, and I was. I was quite. I wouldn't say unwell, but I wasn't my normal self. All oh, right, because well. I, you know, because I, I kind of like the way they were describing it to me was I was like worried. I wasn't you were, major. I was issues. worried. No, you, I was no, worried you were going to come in and go. You forced me to do this. No, 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 no. <laughs> it wasn't anything major, but I just didn't okay. feel. I know what you mean. I was. Yeah, I know the feeling. Yeah, I know the feeling. It's it's funny thing is like now that I'm co-host, it, I find it easier to do a whole show. See how much you practice. I know. <laughs> rather than just like a little segment what where you wait, pace and put on a plate. See it slow. No, sorry, I was just saying a bit cheesy, but no. Go on. What was the finished point? No, it's just a you know. When you're doing one part, you get more n- the nerves sort of jangle around that, doesn't it? Rather than you yeah, doing yeah. the whole thing. But I had some. I think that's look, harder than doing I had the whole an show. Image to look as well. Mm. Your image. I mean, oh, right. you were doing the news brilliant, and then I thought I'll go on and. Well, he's going on a bit. Well, yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? He's comparing you. You, 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 yeah. had, you had to go. You had to go after God. You're doing, you know? <laughs> doing something else now. Really but but there's something show. about the way Steve <laughs> does it, though. Do you know what you think? I like it. I like. I like. I mean. Right. 
I'm trying. You know, I, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but like, because you did it great, you did it absolutely great. I think the difference is, which I think is useful, because as I said, you're a far better co-host than other people. And I'm just, I'm not just saying that. Is you did it, uh, but this is just the, the. I think it would have got this way in fairness if you would, if you did it more. Mm. I'm just saying, I think he just does it. He does it in a more. Natural, was it naturalness? No, it's not necessarily natural because you are natural. In a more a gun-ho, I don't know what the right terminology is, but like a gun-ho... Like you don't know what I expect next sort of thing. You do it no. in a kind of like, um, almost like it's not it's not a big deal, in it, but it, which really helps the section. Because yeah. you go... Because you do it almost like, again, like a jovial game show host type thing, which is, I think, really helps. Yeah, that's sort of what like I mean. He's, yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah. he like goes, all right, and the next subject yeah, is... Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, it's and, quite... And, and considering... There's a professional so angle to it. Yeah, and considering some of the times that, like, what Steve says is that he goes, right, and the next subject is, a lot of people are trying to kill themselves there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and you, and you, you know, yeah. it's he like... He throws a zinger in, doesn't he, yeah. yeah. to try and make... And, and, and we're like, okay, great, Steve. But no, but it's done in a kind of good way because... How many a couple of friends talk to me? How many times have we laughed during that section yes. now? I'll give you an example. Game. When we were talking about PTSD and wolves, and then we got on to like, oh pets. yeah, yeah, yeah I've, had of, yeah. I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of friends saying, uh, I was on in, in hysterics. Oh, I was, because yeah, because yeah. they probably listened what about to the blue it. Blue I I, oh, the blue, blue yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> no one knows that. No yeah. one knows what I'm about. Oh. But what was the blueberries thing? Because I remember the wolves thing. Because the wolves thing, just so people know. Because you said a sentence, and I listened to it back, and I understood why I put it that way. Is you said what was it, it was to do with wolves? The story was for those that didn't know in America, wasn't it, where people were given wolves, veterans, veterans in, veterans in yeah. the army would be given wolves as pets because apparently they're good companions good to deal with mental health. health. And and the way you phrased it, <laughs> I started crying while after because it almost made it sound like Steve was going that the wolves had, had like went to, like hum, like wolves in a human like manner went to like so went to like an army <laughs> thing and went and went we well, yeah, are like humans are having a hard time so we'll take these humans and we'll look after them we'll like they've been yeah like I just started crying because I just had that image in my head and I just this idea of wolves going hey man can you make your bed for god's sake like you know there's some, well, it's some a, army a veteran on a leash going on yeah yeah, exactly. yeah yeah like yeah we got this human as a pet and he's yeah. just he's, he's, he's awfully miserable like, <laughs> but anyway but yeah, what was the blueberries thing? It was the blueberries help with it was PTSD. Yeah, again, like good, for your, yeah. good for your yeah. mental health. Why did we find it funny? Problems. Oh, it's just that we had. I think there was a politician come on, wasn't it? Was that he might need some blueberries or something? Was that Kevin yeah, Jones? Yeah, 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 Ke- yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, MP. the blueberry coat of arms or something. Oh yeah, yeah. We were saying it should yeah. be someone's coat. Oh, like the coat of arms yeah. for the. I was like, laughing uh, because I had that image of uh, Willy Wonka. You know, the, is it Veruca Salt? Oh Big purple sort of. Oh yeah, or like uh, uh, pop, I just had that image. Or Popeye was all the supermarkets we sold out that night. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were just kind of yeah. Because I think that I think the thing that I found amusing with this idea of like someone hearing that and going I'm just going to have everything blueberry related forever like <laughs> blueberry muffins for breakfast yeah. and um, yeah. just like solve that's what I like about the Steve segment is that there would be serious mixed with like fun because I remember <laughs> do you remember that story about the, the girl who had the, the scars Oh, the cookery book, the anorexic yeah. cookery book. Yeah. Remember that one as well? Yeah, that was that's it, yeah. yeah, yeah that's it sounds it, like yeah. that shouldn't fit. You and also, do you remember me? There's the only time I've actually said we're not discussing this. The only time, do you remember that? When you talked about, what was it? The virtual reality human where people oh, can yes, learn yes. compassion. Yeah. And I just went, we're not talking about this. Like That's the only time I've ever said right. that because I found it so 
offensive. All the scores on the ROMs was the offensive, Super like, wasn't it? Yeah, she got, she wasn't, she didn't get to the yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was it, yeah. yes. Yeah. That was interesting. Again, yeah, as I mean, if, if people, I'm hoping people who get describing like what we talk about, they're interesting and, and again, not something, I think the angle we go down is that isn't something I don't think a radio show would actually do. Yeah. Like a radio show from, like a news section on BBC wouldn't go, oh, we're going to talk about this random story. Because yeah. some of the stuff we talk about social media related, this, which no one covers. If we were to introduce Mentally Sound to somebody, right? Yeah. And despite all the great guests we've had on, I would, if you wanted to listen to Sample, I would give them like the mental health news slot. Yeah, yeah. That, that, would, that would like yeah, sort yeah. of symbolise us what we are and what we're all about. And considering, like I say, obviously it's it's about it's about subject matter that's mm-hmm. that's serious. Yeah. But the amount of times I'm I'm you know I'm actually got a good I've got a good feeling right now because I'm thinking about all the times you've done it and how many times I've laughed, yeah. which is about silly things, you know. Um, I mean, going back to the way I was sort of like went back to Twitter because I actually wanted to talk when Charles Kennedy, who was the ex Lib Dem, oh, yes, because you know he died. I got news for you. You said yeah. you criticised that, didn't you? I just thought. I think we really need to talk about this because I think we really need to talk about alcoholism as well. Yeah, yeah. And it, it got into I think it was me and Richard at that time. Yeah, yeah. And we had a really good discussion about alcoholism and, and people in the media as well. I, I think I actually said to some people at this awards ceremony about um, I thought one of the things I thought because it was something we could easily have avoided. Do you remember the whole thing about when the the, the plane, plane went, went down, down yeah. and the guy mm-hmm. who the guy the, there was loads of headlines going. It was depression. It was yeah, depression. Yeah, yeah. Like what was the guy's name? We we. We mentioned this on a because again, it might, you you told me the guy's name. Do you remember the bloke from School of Rock or whatever it's called, Rock School or whatever it was? The the thing yeah. with the kiss, the the young kid who was oh. the, the singer who he killed himself recently because yeah. because he was oh, depressed. Yeah. Well, like this the, again, I, I'm reluctant to say it that way because mm-hmm. they were like even his like sisters and that were going. What people fail to understand is that the depression isn't the reason it leads you to. It's the fact that whatever is leading you to be depressed is yeah, what, like, is really, what is yeah. getting you there. Mm-hmm. Like, you may have a depressive mind anyway, mm-hmm. but you know, one of the reasons this works is, it, is this: is it, if there's an element of your life where you actually feel like you're happy or stuff that makes you enjoy life, mm-hmm. you can inhibit that depressive mm-hmm. feelings. But if something starts sucking in your life and stuff goes horribly wrong, like that exasperates your that depression. So the, but the but the idea that the depression is the sole cause is mm-hmm. is is something that pe- people mm-hmm. fail to understand. So that was what we were going on about with the pilot because he may have been depressed, but he may have been depressed. But my point, I guess, the thing I'm on about is if if that was the way it worked, then all three of us here would would be like serial killers, like everybody yeah, yeah, who's yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. who's depressed. Like that's claiming everyone that's depressed would take someone's yeah, life. Yeah. Everyone that's depressed would abuse people. Everyone that's mm-hmm. depressed, and we've just talked about you know we've all had like a, abusive things yeah. happen to mm-hmm. us, and it's like we don't go around and do the same exactly, thing. Exactly. Surely that makes us noble people and, mm-hmm. and stuff that Definitely. and people that people should want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, that that by the fact we have a mental health that shouldn't define us in that mm-hmm. way. Like that's what's mm-hmm. crazy about that. But um. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to go about the thing about mental the mental health news because you said so. Next, you took it over, yeah. and I want to kind of know because you've done it for two shows, three shows, three shows, well, yeah, three shows, yeah. Three. Um, and you're doing the fourth, obviously the fourth one on Friday. And um, how do you feel about it now that you've kind of done it a few times? Um, I quite enjoy it, but yeah. I, do you still get nervous? I get nervous in everything I do. Yeah, still, of course. You know well, what I mean, it, to me, that's a good shows thing. It because matters. Shows it matters. Yeah, yeah it yeah. shows that I'm. I want to do it better each time. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas if you just go in somewhere and think, oh, I'll do this, no problem. 
There isn't the same passion behind it. I don't know if you remember me and it's Green Room Steve, but I used to like pace up and down yeah. from one and I was like looking at my notes and I, Oh, I do that anyway. I was saying to myself, oh, I can't see if I can't read my handwriting, what's going well, on? I mean you're great at what you do now, Ricky. What was it again you do on the show? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. But I mean you do a brilliant job Wait I mean, a minute, you you're probably sound. <laughs> <laughs> when is that? But I mean I've, Stephen's taught us a lot, you've taught us a lot, mm. you know. It's uh-huh. just watching and listening. This is why it's like a collective yeah. thing. I don't yeah. sit there and go like as I said, like um you know, this is what I think certain people who've been involved in it have never like and I I I can include this in other aspects of things I've worked on. They don't sort of realise part of being a team, like the the, the gratification you get is the stuff that we got at this mm-hmm. award ceremony and everything else mm-hmm. and the awards we've had mm-hmm. that's when we can sort of sit back and go right we did a great job mm-hmm. but the but the, the pat on the back you know because I, I felt like there's been too many people that have wanted me to pat them on the back and deserve mm-hmm. praise and and, and yet yeah, they're the same people who want to criticise me behind closed doors and it's like and it's like the, the the praise is the fact that when I said to Alistair and the new the new version of the shows, I'm like, Ricky should to co-host, mm. you should do mental 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 health news. Now I didn't go to you and tell you that. I told Alistair that, which means if you ever wanted to ask why that was, because I I recommended it and like so that is my way of saying to you is that you're doing a good job. And as I said, it's because you've been here from a long from a long time from you early fairly early on. Yeah. You've been here the whole time and. And like you know, that's hard work. Like someone who just walks into the door and goes, "I demand this," yeah. means that we're, well, we're not, we've also got to have a standard. We've also got to have a standard. Like you know, yeah. like so you've like my point is you wouldn't be good. Like Steve said, you wouldn't be. I don't think like because you were like nervous and hadn't done this mm. stuff before, you wouldn't be as good as you are now without going through that process. That journey. Yeah, yeah and I think and the thing that I like about you is I that I I know you know that. Which yeah, is why I I'm agree. Totally it's like okay in the beginning, when when we all convened and this idea was put about, I was like, oh, I'm not sure what I'll contribute here. I'll say, okay, I might use my my design skills. I to think there's an early show you actually admit that. Like, I think, you actually yeah, said, I think like, so. Oh, I'm yeah. really nervous and all kind I'll of probably, like, I'll, probably make, I'll probably make the tea for everybody yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's, I remember an early meeting where I think um, that's actually what he said, which is yeah. baffling now considering the amount you've done. But even the bits where I was invited to talk on about <laughs> segments like, you know, mental health in the workplace and so on, you yes. know, I, w- I was still kind of choking up through, you know, tense and, um, anxiety, you know. The the thing with the army guy was quite early, which is... Yeah, yeah. I think that was quite a milestone in itself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I had the advantage in a way of meeting... Jason beforehand because he was coming up from Durham, so I wanted to, I wanted to make sure he knew where on he was. The tweeters. Yeah, I think we should talk about getting him on this podcast. Like, I yeah. think it'd be really. Interesting. But I mean, in all fairness, I think a lot of this is down to Stephen. You know, he's got yeah, away. Definitely. You've got away with people, and you know, I, I wouldn't be. You know, honestly, him, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do the news the way I did mm-hmm. do now mm-hmm. without the help of mm-hmm. Stephen. And but again, it's like I'm not like throwing. I, I guess the, the the thing that I I I consciously try and do is I'm not throwing thrown into you like that that I'm that I have a that I can I know I know what I'm doing um I, ju- I I believe actions speak louder than words in that regard and like that's why it's nice that you guys are it's aware enjoyable that I do now that. it's yeah. enjoyable it just goes to show isn't it that like yeah. when you guys ever ask me about like how should we do this or whatever I don't go oh guys I'm kind of a big deal like you know I've, I've got loads of experience and like no I'm not like I don't like it's everything's discussable like that's why I even said like you know I, I, like I guess to give you an example of that like I obviously recorded an award thing uh, like the the guy one of the judges who nominated us for this award um, 
and I did that and the first thing I said to you guys today is I said oh we need to sit down and discuss yeah, that yeah. like in the previous regime that would never even be a mm. sentence it would be like right guys we're going to put this in and if you don't say that you know go fuck yourselves mm. like I'm, I would never say that to you because that's not mm. how it should work um, mm. so like so if, if even though I think it makes sense and I'd be surprised if you guys said oh we shouldn't put this that in because that seems to me to be silly is I would still offer that to go if you guys go do we really want to do that do we really want to put that in for that mm. whatever reason but I'm like, you know, if I tell you like why it's good or whatever it is, then you know. But I think I as think well, Stephen, credit yourself. I know I actually feel part of a team with the mental yeah, health. I agree. Good, I agree. Whereas before, yeah. I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know. No, it's good, and so I say like we should great. probably have much. Like I guess one of the things I should recommend because especially if like you know we're, we're all aware of like we might not be able to meet in Newcastle for if, for, if we're having bad days or whatever we should have like a, an email and much more of an email uh, yeah. mm-hmm. conversation about mm-hmm. the show and stuff so mm-hmm. um, but actually it goes to show how smooth it is though because we're like three or four days away and we already kind of know we, we, or, yeah. we all really know what's in it and it's not I'm not worried like that no. I guess that's really what you're getting at because yeah, I feel exactly, the same yeah. way there's like I used to have so no much apprehension panic. about oh it's going to be all fucked up in it one yeah. day before and all this kind of thing and yet I've just said to you today what I came today going great because I know Ricky, Ricky and Steve mm-hmm. are going to go right I've got this guest this guest and I'm, and I trust you it's like I trust mm-hmm. you it's like that's the thing because I don't have to go oh who are they I'm like I trust you that you because he's been involved in it enough and you know how the show works is that but I know he's going to find a good aspect yeah, about them yeah yeah like yeah, you, otherwise yeah, like, I, and, way, and, yeah. and I feel like I, I would feel co- I'd feel confident enough mm. and, and okay enough <laughs> as well that if I, if there was a random guest that I'd be like wow I, I would say I would actually bring it up with you after mm. and go and I'd say it wouldn't be a criticism I'd just go because I would hope he'd kind of laugh at it and go like if we had a, a an interview that tanked I mean obviously I would take some criticism that I couldn't get it to work but I'm like mm. yeah that guest just didn't work like yeah. they weren't as good as probably you thought and like you'd maybe laugh and go like I'd hope you'd just laugh and go yeah oh yeah that didn't really work out mm. yeah they were a bit dull or whatever mm. you know that that is a possibility happen but my point is it's letting people given the opportunity mm. to take the risk mm, um, as I said that wouldn't be discussable like you know if I took over the show which you know I, I know like I'm sort of looked at in that way since at the minute right now but I'm saying like if I took over the show it's like I don't want I, I want people to help make the show because I, I run this show every week and everything I've got my own stuff to do and it's like um, I can't I like the fact that there's a team that go right we're doing this this and this because really my job should be to put it all together well, just to make a comparison um, I mean when I used to do, you know organise gigs like love music areas and stuff when I used to like book bands and stuff yeah yeah and when people used to come to me and when the bands used to go down really well that would, that would give me a buzz Mm. And the same thing with guests that we have on, and you say, "Oh, that guest was really interesting." You know, did, how did you? And I mean, we all hang around there? after the yeah. after the show as well. The last you know? show that we did, would you agree? Yeah. was one of our best. Yeah, it was a yeah. great atmosphere, especially yeah, at the end. Because sometimes we describe the end as a feeling a little bit like a morgue. You know, it's a bit. Well, is that the end? Then, and then we just all go. Yeah, the last like, time we were all would, kind of like you know hugging each other yeah, and taking like, pictures. I'll, and kind of, I'll, I'll admit this that like uh, one of the reasons like it was a, it was really hard for me is that it was so energy sapping because of the amount I had yeah, to do. Yeah. But but from another point of view, because there was that the stress of it. The, and again, the the, the you, you you spot like I couldn't phrase that any better. Like yeah, it had a morbid feel to it when it ended. Mm-hmm. That it was like we did we didn't do anything that was yeah. worthwhile. So I would actually leave. I used to hate Friday nights when we did the mentally sound show to begin with because I would go home and I'd I'd feel awful. But I'd I remember like, at the end of the last show, you actually show. said to me, oh, "I 
feel really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, like yeah, you you uh, some uh, yeah. I used to hang out with Ricky. I've hung out with Ricky pretty much every show afterwards. Like we went and got some food or whatever. And um, he's yeah, you're you're probably a good person to ask because yeah, you you you're totally spot on. Like you could name. Do you remember like we'd go to places and I'd I'd try to be like I'm, I would even like apologize and like I'm sorry, Ricky. Like and even you'd be like oh, I feel the same way, man. Like I'm now exhausted and I'm like you know and even if you only done one section, you're like oh god, it was so hectic mm-hmm. like. Um, now and we do more than we've done now in terms of time especially you with your co-host and we like leave and like as you said the, la- the last show we left and I'm like do you want to go do something yeah. I'm like re- I'm like I'm really in a good mood and like you know that that's yeah. fantastic like you know that's what things should be Definitely. and I and I'll categorically say because I've said this and again I you know everyone knows I'm honest on the show if it wasn't about mental health, i.e., something I cared about, I wouldn't have kept doing it yeah. at the current yeah. way it was do- the Me current too. way it was done. So you know, it kind of proves that it's 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 uh, important. But mm. um, but yeah, anyway, so in terms, so so we've spent a great deal of time. We need to wrap this up. So we spent a great deal of time talking about you know your past and how you've done things, and you've obviously turned a corner and whatnot. So I guess like so in relation for, for you know people listening to this maybe from Newcastle like so what kind of what stuff do you do now for people that don't know what stuff do I do now um, I facilitate a self self injury group I call it mm-hmm. um, that's been going for the last three years I've written a book which is available on Amazon about my illness called this one's for Vicky that's been on since about October yeah, I think Northumbria University I interview social work students for their positions yeah. on the course I do lectures and I also run self-harm awareness sessions um, describe what, what's it when you facilitate a self-harm group what's that actually like what is it it's fun it's fun I believe that I yeah. make people laugh but it, they remember it yeah you don't have to talk about self-harm as doom and gloom. Yeah. yeah. It's something that the students say they always remember. So I people mean. have this assertion that it's like a, an AA meeting where everyone just sort of stands up and describes... Oh, the self-injury group, yeah. you mean. Um, that, it's just a support group and it's somewhere where we can come and we're not judged. Yeah. Everybody's in the... Hang out. Do people come as anonymous or are they You're frank of who they are and willing to um, share We've got professionals coming, we've got service users, right. I mean, we've got a nurse goes. Okay. Um, cool. And you've, sometimes you might get people who'll sit for the first meeting and just listen, mm-hmm. and then when they're ready, they'll talk. So they bide their time. Yeah. It's almost like a like an alcoholic anonymous. And we kind of go around and ask each other how they've been, how they've been coping, and mm-hmm. if somebody's having any issues, they'll say another people will chip in with sort okay. of coping technique. Okay. And that's working quite well. You know, I guess I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming this, but I want you to clarify. Uh, it's just if I'm right, is that um. I assume, one of the things I, I always find fascinating about groups like that is again this like non-judgmental approach to things. So if someone sits there and goes, because I, I I guess the wider point I'm making is that do you, I I, to, I mentioned this to the guy uh, who did who nominated us for the award and I, I told him about a blog I wrote and he was like yeah I hundred percent agree with you and that's actually really brave of you to say is that. I get worried about the competitive level people have of what they go through mm-hmm. and I guess that's what I'm talking about in relation to that because yeah. support groups that you know it's not like a competitive thing mm-hmm. of like oh you're going for a worse thing than me so I mean, put I'll, attention I'll, to I me it's like everyone gets equal yeah, attention yeah. regardless of the of well. yeah, go on. I mean people in that group look up to me that you can recover I mean when I had that little setback at Christmas yes the next group I had everybody I was does. totally honest and I tell, told yeah. everybody you were what to- able to talk about it yeah. Yeah. You know, and they were like eee it just proves you've it's quite I'm fresh level, which is why I, mean? I think when you said you're a, recover, you're a recovering yeah. person yeah. not a recovered person exactly. because um, you know 
I, I, yeah, I because I, I, again, I, I think it's realistic to say I can't guarantee to people that I wouldn't be manic because that would be that would be silly mm-hmm. um, and that would be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I can't guarantee, and I guess that might scare some people. Which so I guess I understand this on a small superficial mm-hmm. point. As I said to you guys, I can't guarantee that I won't have a, a, a point of view point in the day or, or something where I'm just like, you know, screw this, I need to, I need mm. to leave. Like, mm. fortunately, it hasn't happened. But mm. and I think as well, it's worth mentioning. I mean, I work freelance here at Launchpad, and for, for Alistair Cameron. And the thing about Alistair is, he's very understanding to work for. You know, and if you're not feeling too good one day, I don't have to ring up and try and make an excuse. Yeah, you yeah. just, you no, just tell him Yeah, I, I, I get that really nice vibe with him. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it's not like it's not an, it's not a problem. Like, you know. And he'll ask me if I want to do stuff, go to meetings, and if I don't, it's not a problem. It's not an issue. Yeah, he's very supportive. But he says he doesn't support me, but he does in his own little way. If you, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. No, I yeah, know. And I mean, the work I do, really, no two days are the That's same. That's a very good Sometimes point. that, that understanding means a hell of a lot. I was going to say, I was going to say, like, the thing you just yeah. said there is a really important point. Like, you just said it jovially, yeah. but it's just very quickly, just the thing you said, he doesn't feel like he supports you. Like, I, I, I like that he said that because I like that he said that to you, even though, like, obviously yeah. it is a part of support, but it to me, the way he behaved to you should be how everyone should be. Yeah. So the, the idea of, that's I'm an interesting of point, isn't it? Yeah. Because, the, the word support I think gets thrown people, around too much but support doesn't mean that people have to go out of their way no. to help you just, just to have somebody there, yeah just to have exactly somebody there to yeah. say uh, just to someone you know when people go three words, what I, do you want I me get to it. do yeah. the three words I get I mean, it means take, a hell of a take, lot take the incident at the new year there mm. when I did cut myself mm. Alistair found out and it was like right how are you how mm-hmm. are you yeah, it wasn't like you fucking idiot it yeah. wasn't like <laughs> about, you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. and I think as well the work I do I haven't got two days that are the same mm-hmm. I couldn't sit behind a desk constantly mm-hmm. plugging that's away what I mean. a laptop that's what worries me I've is that I'm always worried because stuff. I've got yeah. stuff to pay, pay yeah. bills and mm-hmm. stuff is that like I can't do that I'm, no, I can't work yeah. shifts I'm or, same, you know, I can't do it because I'm I'm I have. I guess I'm basically admitting mm. that I'm an un, I'm unreliable in that sense, mm. and that again, I know that there'll be people who criticise people with mental health who admit that mm. they go they're unreliable. But there's a difference between saying you're unreliable every day than saying you're not willing to work, because mm. that's not what I'm saying. Um, which is why, like you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I don't, well, well, what do you do? What do you do for Launchpad though? You said you freelance, but oh, what do you actually do? I, I attend meetings, um, open up, answer the phone. Um, if I start can't make something or there's some training to be done Alistair asked me to co-facilitate training with him all kinds of stuff I mean I was just going to say when I worked for Newcastle City Council I was told the only only reliable thing about me was my unreliability (laughs) (laughs) you know but I mean I'm working now at Launchpad (laughs) see I would take that as a badge of honour and (laughs) I I just love what I'm doing yeah you know Mm. I'm enjoying it which helps which helps I mean, everyone. I mean, that, that's relevant with mental health. Is that? I mean, I think everyone should aspire to go to, to 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 do what they care about. You know, just that's interesting as well. It's like you know, this comfort zone thing we talked about before. It's like I, I, I've got a friend who give me give me a season ticket to go and watch Newcastle. Sometimes, yes. I think I told to you before about this. It's like now the idea of huge crowds and that sort of thing was just like a complete no no for me. But I take it now as a, like a like a weekly t- or a fortnightly challenge in a way. Mm. So at the end, I mean, I put on Twitter and Facebook as well sometimes that after a game. I always put on Ricky one anxiety nil really? as like a way of yeah. saying that it's a, it's a good thing that yeah, I've overcome. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and again, there'll be some judgmental people because I would admit I would probably have done this years ago and I've learned not to do this. Is that 
you know, isn't it interesting that like there'll be someone who'd look at that if they knew you're an anxious person mm-hmm. and go, but you can go to a football match, mm-hmm. like you know, so that must mm-hmm. mean like well, also oh, everything else, like they think you're lying about uh-huh. everything else. It that 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 angers the shit out of me. Because like where the seats are, it's quite high up in the leaser's yeah. end, and I'm honestly telling you, when I climb up those steps. It's quite frightening. It is, and I, and I could easily just fall back. Yeah, yeah. And I just hope somebody's there to catch us mm-hmm. behind me. Because, you know, I, I don't think I have vertigo, but, you know, at times like that when you're anxious. Oh, I certainly do. You think that you do have vertigo. I, I, when like, I went, I didn't go to a football match that long ago. Um, and, uh, yeah, even though, like, I do feel relatively safe in there, I definitely have, the, like, a vertigo-ish thing. Because yeah. I'm always sort of, like, I look, at, look like, sort of down the stands, and I'm like, what if I fall? I know. Yeah, yeah it's very weird. It yeah. is. But again, I have a, I'm, I'm massively scared of heights. So. But I think as well, I think the major thing that we do here at Launchpad as well is some peer support. Yes. You know, everybody kind of looks out for each other mm. and encourages each other cool. to, to do stuff. Yeah, no, totally. Mm. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to say before I tell the story? I would story? just like to say um, <laughs> thanks for doing the podcast. Really. No. It's been a really enjoyable experience. Great, yeah. And thanks, Ricky, as well. For thanks, to you, well cool. thanks to you, Thanks to you. So I said I was gonna, I've, been, I've been sort of, uh, like, I, I know these guys want to tell it, and obviously because we'll mention this on Mentally Sound as well, because we should say one of the reasons I wanted to have these guys on, and again, I'll... I'll I released a podcast with some of the episode with some of the interviews I did there. Was we got nominated for an award, which was just crazy, right? So I'm going to tell the whole story, and you and I hope these guys laugh at it, right? Because we'll do an abbreviated version on Mentally Sound Show on Friday, but because these guys are like, they, so I guess before I say it though, how much do you guys know? What what did you what did you what were you told? Just snippets. Do you, we just told that we didn't win? Yeah, <laughs> anyway, well, we're supposed yeah. to. You told me that via text. Yeah, and I was like what? Because I was in the... In oh, the yeah, because I, I think I needed to tell someone. I was like, yeah. Ricky, we didn't win. <laughs> and, like, I we just got told it didn't... Because I was in the assumption you, you were going to go down there, um, sit for a few hours and come back with a, a shiny, gleam. Yeah, yeah, with a picture yeah, of me yeah, holding yeah. it as well. And I was like, I was like, that's what I, I started to even... I'll, I'll even freely admit on the train I'm going, it'd be so cool to have a picture. And you know, I almost was thinking as well, if I did have a picture, I was like, not bad for a person that people think should aban- be abandoned. Mm. That was what I was going to say on it, like yeah. just as a, in a in a jovial yeah, yeah, but kind yeah, of yeah, also yeah, a kind yeah, of like yeah. sting for people who abandon people mm-hmm. like me, like who it goes that you know I I look at it's a silver lining. It was like mm-hmm. it felt like a silver lining for me. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so for those that don't know, right? So to to tell the whole story, which these guys do know, is so this award was uh, for an, a national service user award, and it was a, a an award ceremony by Sig, by Signet. I'll not, we'll, I don't think we'll be able to say it on Mentally Sound, but I'm going to say it because it's my podcast. So I don't care. So yeah, so 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 they invited us, and so we got an email support like uh, that said um, behind closed doors because I actually tweeted out that oh we're going to win this award, and I got told off. This is what made no sense to me because okay. Alistair went, you might not tweeting that we've won it because we're not supposed to know. Mm-hmm. So they sent us an email saying we haven't had a confirmation that anyone's going to this award ceremony. <laughs> So could some like we really want someone to come because we're going to give you this award. So if we if we give her this award to mentally sound and you don't and no one's there to like represent you, that's mm-hmm. going to look shit on us. Mm-hmm. So we went through all this hassle. We went all the members of the team. You guys were you guys got invited and there's various reasons you couldn't go. Um, so I said like I obviously put my name down and said I'll do it. It's a black tie event, which mm-hmm. which like uh, so I was like okay, and it was all the way in Northamptonshire, which is uh, Silverst- where Silverstone is. It was a Silverstone circuit, the uh, race track for those that aren't from England, mm-hmm. um, where the Formula One and stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, so I'm like oh it sounds cool. So and then Mental Health Northeast, which is the one of the two charities that do mentally sound like behind closed doors, said we'll we'll pay the 
pay the, the expenses and uh, so so we'll, we'll we want to send you so so the train so the train was like two o'clock in the afternoon on the Tuesday I got there for about seven o'clock uh, and then I hopped I got luckily right because I'm sensible mm-hmm. I go to the cash machine and I take 50 pound out thinking oh that should cover two taxi fares yeah. <laughs> and then um Get into the taxi. Little and did go, you know how much of a trip yeah, take? Yeah, I'm like, I get into the taxi. I get into the car, and then I'm like, uh, "Can you take me to Towchester?" And he looked at me. I think I was saying it wrong. It was to Chester or something, but it's, okay. it looked like the way, I, way it was said. I mean, maybe it was dyslexia. I thought it said Towchester, but anyway, it was a small village just outside Silverstone. For those who okay. don't know, so I was staying in the travel lodge there. So I go, I want to go to the travel, the Silverstone travel lodge in 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 Towchester, right? And he looks at, and he's like. Uh, you got a postcode and I'm like well, I'm not from here so no mm-hmm. uh, so I'm like well Google has a postcode so I'm like on my phone frankly trying to find a thing and I didn't have it on the bill that uh, Mentally, Mental Health North East gave me because they gave me like directions and shit and I got told on the phone that it would take seven minutes to get there from the Banbury station where I got mm-hmm. off and as a joke with these guys before we started because I told them little bits of the story before I'm saying this so after 20 minutes of being in the taxi I'm going Either, like, I've gave him, like, the really wrong directions, or I'm, like, sitting there and I'm starting going, am I being kidnapped yeah. here? Is he, is he, like, you know, is he taking me? Because literally, to, 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 yeah. to relay my anxiety, and again, yeah. I'm not really an anxious person, but I imagine you being in a situation, mm. like, like, everything looks forest-like, and it's like, I'm, we're going yeah, yeah. further and further away <laughs> from civilization, and I'm yeah. going, he's going to take me to the woods and fucking beat me. Um, <laughs> and, 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 like, uh, or something. And, I was like, going to say, that, that's an extreme thought, but you wonder if taxi drivers sometimes yeah. take the long way around to yeah, yeah. get more. Yeah, and, and, but um, he, he, I could see he was looking, look, he was, because he, 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 he was sat having it, he was sat having it, so I, I, I was like, well, that seems odd. He wouldn't sat nab his way to, to abuse me. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't like, groaning or anything. Yeah, he frozen at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, kept turning to me, going, "I can't wait till we get there." <laughs> Do you not see the, the duct tape in the back? <laughs> yeah, when I started seeing all the chains and stuff on the, on the wall, I was like, "I was like, let's see, this isn't a normal taxi." I was, and I, I, my response was, "Ah, oh, the South." <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm only kidding. Sorry, South people. Just a joke. Yeah, just, a joke. just a joke. Um. Uh, but you know, see, so I get so he he um so and I didn't like say anything because I felt like almost embarrassed and I'm I'm looking at the like obviously the fair the fair thing going up and it's going up like about sixty pence every half a mile or something and I'm going it's going to cost like a small fortune and I'm like. I, and again, like you said, like I, the first response I said to Steve when I sort of gave him a rough, rough outline of this, he's like, "I don't think I could have afforded that." And I'm like, "Thank God I actually could!" Like, and so the first, obviously, first thing I do, I get to the travel lodge, and he's like, "That'll be like, oh, that'll be like forty nine fifty, forty nine pound fifty, which I've never seen a taxi ride." Mm-hmm. Be even remotely like that. I wonder what would have happened if you couldn't appear. Oh, would it have been another God, trip? I have no idea. Like you know, I was, I'm like, uh, can you put me to a cash machine? Can you imagine like, yeah. Imagine if I didn't have any yeah, money. Exactly. Like yeah, I know because um because but I I assumed that Lynn because Lynn they 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 toyed with the idea of giving mm. me like a bunch of cash mm. and not having me claim it back. Um and I always and I just went ah oh, no, like because then they didn't kind of tell me that was the. It, so to me that makes much more sense as to why they were trying to push that okay. so anyway so I get there and get, get to the travel lodge go in the room was perfectly pleasant and everything else so I was uh, and I, that was prepaid and everything mm. 
and so, and then I, I literally say to her, like, is this not the right amount? Like, to behind the seat of the reception, she's like, yeah. I'm like, is there only, a, what other way would it be to get a brown rice? So I'm trying to, like, keep like be all like conscious about money and go is there another way we can get from Banbury to this this hotel because and so I'm like because I would then ring Lynn up and go there's an alternative for me getting a taxi so I'm going to do that because I don't want you to spend this amount of money and also that's money coming out of my account as well so and she's like well the only other thing is is a bus and it takes twice as long or something I'm like I don't want to do that so I'm like you know so anyway so um, so yeah, um, I get there and like, so the first thing I do, which I think is the most, uh, you know, responsible thing to do is I ring Lynn up and I'm like, eh, were you aware of that this taxi fare was going to be this expensive? And she went, oh yeah, yeah, we, we, was the only way we could get you there. And, uh, like, ba- like Banbury was the closest station. Cause I was like thinking it's not, cause the woman said we would, I was 10 minutes away from Northampton, Northampton. So mm-hmm. I was thinking Northampton station would have been technically closer, but yeah. apparently it wasn't. Because uh, you couldn't get a train enough, you'd have to get a, a changeover to get mm. enough Hampton from Newcastle. So they were like, it's just easier for me to go to Banbury straight down. And, but I was like, oh, what I, I find out is that you know, Silverstone is like a mecca for Formula One fans. You'd had a lot of people going from the station to the venue. It is nearby. literally in the middle of nowhere. So why why why, why would ta- which makes sense being a racetrack? But why would the taxi driver be puzzled or like not? Be aware. Well, of he was just puzzled. I guess he was puzzled because it was just like thirty minutes away from Banbury Station, and he was pro- and again, I think he was probably like, "Wouldn't you want enough Hampton?" Because okay. it was close. And I think that's that was mainly the point. Yeah. And also, just a taxi driver is not used to doing thirty minute journeys. Usually, mm. taxis are less than that. So anyway, I'm I'm panicking the next day because I'm going. I want to get a. So I'm like. I'm like annoying the shit out of the receptionist going, so how far is Silverstone away? I'm, I'm panicking about every part of this journey yeah. now going, are these just, uh, like mental health northeast just being incredibly incompetent with their, with the, like, did they look at Google Maps and like put in the wrong thing or something? It's Silverstone in America or something. I'm getting a plane tomorrow or something. <laughs> like, and it's like, and it's, and it's, and, 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 and so, um, so yeah, I, and then I find out that like the, it's gonna be like 30 quid, Taxi drive, taxi ride from here to Silverstone, so even ten minutes away is long. And the girl, and the girl behind the counter goes, "You need to book a taxi now." This is getting on about eight o'clock now. By the time I'd got got changed, and right. I was like, because I wanted to like go and get some food because I hadn't ate. So I was like, and obviously they were going to pay for that. So I went, I went, where's couch? Like, where's the nearest town? She went, well, this is just outside of Cowchester. Cowchester's like five minutes that way. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little chef outside, but I said to Lynn, like, I'm not going to a little chef. I don't like little chefs. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'd rather go and have an actual proper meal. And she's like, oh, okay, no problem. Yeah. I was like, I made sure I okayed it with everybody. I was like, I don't want to be ridiculous with money, but so I went to, um, so yeah, I went to, uh, to Cowchester, but like she said, oh, you need to actually ring a, ring a taxi, mm-hmm. uh, because, and I was like, I felt like this is such a. I, again, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but it felt like such a South thing because I felt like this felt, felt weird to me. Mm. And she was like, oh, I need to order a taxi for nine o'clock tomorrow morning because everybody gets taxis to schools here. And I'm like, right. really? Right. <laughs> I'm like, uh, but then I'm kind of thinking, if it is in the middle of nowhere as much as it is for me to get here, maybe is taxis the only way to get to school? I'm like, I didn't think I put a school bus on. Mm. But um, so anyway, so next day, get up. The breakfast is awful, and no disrespect to travel, no disrespect to travel lodge, but it came in a fucking box. It looked like it looked it looked like that had a whip round and a meeting and went. What can we put in this thing? And it was like yeah. this depressing yogurt, a yogurt like cereal bar, like which had nuts in, which everyone know, who knows me knows I hate. I pretty much hate anything nut based. I'm mm. really against. I don't like. I'm not allergic. I just hate nuts. I really don't like nuts. Mm. So I guess peanuts is the only thing I can kind of eat. 
Um, so anyway, so it's like the cereal bar with like oat, oat raisin nuts, raisins, and uh, oat nut, uh, you know, nut nut based stuff in. Like a granola um, bar. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I hate that stuff. Mm. Um, they had just crackers with nothing to put on them, just crackers mm. on their own, and I had like an orange juice, one of them uh, Tropicana orange juices, which I obviously drank. So I was like, oh, screw this. So there actually was a McDonald's like about five minutes away, <laughs> so I went there. Um, and then I got the, t- and then get this right, so I get the soup done, and um, another decision that I made that turned out to be completely wrong, and the receptionist recommended this to me, so I was really fucking annoyed, is I said to her, right, which again, I thought, Mr. Mini Genius over here, I'm like, right, I'm going to Silverstone, which she said, literally pointed, like, it, I, I know I'm doing this on an audio podcast, but like, for the guys here, like, she literally went that direction, like, northeast of this, of the, of the, of the hotel, right? So just to make sense for the people listening. So, she was like, oh, Silverstone's northeast, this, that direction, and, and pointed, and the taxi yeah. came, Southeast, so right. so me thinking, even my geography is terrible as it is, is going. That seems like the opposite direction. <laughs> so I'm going further away from yeah. the station. Yeah. So at nine o'clock, and the whole, as it, the award ceremony is the whole day, and I, I and my train's half five and it finishes at four, so I've got to be fairly quick about leaving because it's like forty minutes away. So I've got to make sure I get to the train station fairly sharpish. So I say to the woman behind the counter. So am I right in assuming then, based on what you've said, if I leave my stuff here, the taxi's going to go literally past this hotel and I can just literally tell them, can you park here? I'll literally run in, get my bags. Mm-hmm. That way I'm not holding my bags this award ceremony the whole time because I obviously have my suitcase and I have my laptop with me because I can wash some stuff. So I was just like, and uh, like put some stuff on my laptop when I filmed everything, so record everything. So I'm like... Um, I don't want to carry all that one or like have it around the table while I'm with, while I'm sitting there and trying to enjoy the, the thing. So, mm. so they agreed to that. Uh, turns out that was complete bollocks. Um, <laughs> so like there was an ulterior way of getting the Banbury from Silverstone that was just as, mm. just as, just as, just as, uh, far, just as thingy. So I go to Silverstone. It's like 30 pound. Like I say, to tell you how far Silverstone is from, you get to the west entrance of Silverstone and I had to actually show my invite to get in. It's very security conscious for obvious reasons. Luckily, I remember to bring my invitation. Um, so they take me to entrance five. It was five pound from the entrance to the thing. Because it, it takes about five minutes to go around the whole, the whole racetrack because it's right. right in the middle of the racetrack, but you've got to go around the racetrack to get there. So it costs like five pounds for me to go from the entrance to the thing via the train. If I hadn't have done that though, it was like a ten minute walk. Yeah. Um, easily. So, so, so anyway, so I like obviously did that. So I get there and like, so as I've pointed out earlier, so I go to the, like, the, I got, took some photos obviously because it was really cool being there. As I said, being on the track was the most important part. Mm-hmm. Get to the thing, I say, oh, I'm Stephen from Mentally Sound. They gave me like this goodie bag, which has like a brochure of everyone that's been nominated and had like a, it had like a paragraph about us. So someone, someone, I guess Gareth or someone must have sent that okay. in. Um, or maybe even they did it, I don't know. But, um, and yeah, so, uh, I get that. It's got like a, a pad and a pen and paper in, which is obviously useful because then they go, oh yeah, so, um, and they basically say to me as I get there, if you could keep your, your speech to about two or three minutes, and I'm like, speech? <laughs> what I got to do a speech, mm-hmm. so I had no absolute idea. So I go up, I got, so I get to, and they say it's an open for planning, like seating things, so they like sit where you want. So I just found like a group of people who were on their own, and I'm like, oh, can I sit with you guys? I'm kind of Billy No Mates, yeah, I've got no one to be with, and and uh, and they were really kind, and I spoke to them the entire time, and they were yeah. really sweet. So we were first up on our award. Um, they started about twenty minutes late, so it was like twenty past ten by the time they started, and it was supposed to start at ten. 
and uh, the award wasn't us like uh, we were supposed to be the, in the first category the first nomination for the whatever it was social and community mm-hmm. award whatever it was um, so they changed the order for whatever reason I think people were like stuck in tax traffic or something so mm-hmm. they, they changed it around and it suddenly became apparent I started noticing things I started noticing things that got me kind of going this this is an odd award ceremony it doesn't yeah. really make sense mm-hmm. because all the pres- like a lot of the judges that went up were basically like <coughs> complimenting certain shows like someone would go up and go oh yeah I'm really pleased the nominations were really good and then so they would say like about like they would say like their opinion about the shows and then basically how it worked was then every nomination based on the order was in the brochures like one at a time would go up and go and then you would say who you are and talk about your project and like you know just obviously and thank people for being nominated and I mentioned obviously everybody involved in this mm-hmm. um, for our point of view so but there were certain judges that were going oh and I love this show because they contribute to our thing and I'm going that's really something you shouldn't say as a judge like you're going I love this show because they help our show and I'm like that's really conflict of interest Mm -hmm. and that happened more than you would like to hear uh, Doesn't that more or less confirm what we were saying before about award shows, that a lot of it's sort of self-congratulatory? Yes, self-patting on, yeah. self-patting on the yeah. back, yeah. So as I'm getting as I'm getting to, because it's just hilarious when you say this, so um, you start realising, and then uh, when ours come up, right, and um, so our, our, ours come up, and bearing in mind, as I just touched on, we were being sent an email saying we'd won. Yeah. I I go up and I'm like and I'm literally like I'm 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 move, I'm being over the top here but just to be funny I'm literally like you know like Del Boy or something I'm like going up going yeah look at me look at us we've won these don't know they've won but I know I know we've won and I'm like going up going oh hi and in my head I'm going loser loser like you know oh you are the person that's nominated shame you didn't win like in my head and I'm like oh, I'm being jovial obviously because I wasn't like that obviously people who know me know. you don't know yeah. Peter. Yeah, but I'm like I'm trying to be all like you know like at the Oscars trying to no, be all trying to be all like gracious in yeah. my winning by like going up to them even before the awards announced and going oh great it's great you've been nominated because yeah, yeah. in my head I'm going but you didn't win yeah. uh, 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 and uh, 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 you know again I'm being I'm honestly not being big headed about it I'm just joking about it mm-hmm. but um but in but in serious part and I was like nervous because and I'm and again like I say I was thinking on the train ride there I'm going oh it's going to be a picture of us and I get to send it to all you guys yeah. and I'll get it mm-hmm. I'll get a pic I'll get it like printed and I'll obviously you know I've got I will be bringing the award back so I'm going to yeah. obviously get mm-hmm. you guys to see it and mm-hmm. um, they all come up one at a time to do their speech and as I say I wrote some bullet points down about saying about like the silver lining of mental health I talked about which people mm-hmm. said was really great that I brought up was that they, I said I don't believe in cliches but I believe in the idea of there's a silver lining mm-hmm. in things and, and with mental health and I said my silver lining is doing this show mm-hmm. and I think I speak for everyone involved in it that like it is it is a huge a huge like it helps. It helps me get over certain things, mm-hmm. like um, which is uh, which. If anything, that's that's a that's that's a really noble thing, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and it's something we all share. Mm-hmm. And I just said I, I used you as an example where I said you know the, co- the the now permanent co-host Ricky is like you know he started as someone who um, was really struggling to do it, and then he's able to do it through learning how to do radio, and and it inc- and it's all about you know increasing our voice. And I ended by saying like you know, and we're because we're all you know mentally sound to some degree and the whole point of doing this show is to show that we're capable worthwhile people who deserve to be part of society and like mm-hmm. and i just said thank you for being nominated that was a rough rough outline mm-hmm. of it i was really proud of it mm-hmm. so i'm thinking i was the last one on so i'm thinking nailed it nailed it <laughs> nailed it and it's like almost our acceptance speech and, yeah. I, and all this kind of thing and then i go off stage 
and uh, even like the guy, you could tell the guy was sort of flustered who who who's doing the judging. Mike Mike Mike, Mike was doing the award. He was like, "Oh, that was that was great." And and the award goes to and they name another show, <laughs> and I'm like. And I'm trying to do the whole. I was thinking about that episode of Friends with Joey when he gets nominated for a soap soapy award, and he he learns his uh, he learns his commiseration like pretend happy face when he's really like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, yeah, because he, he learns how he learns how to do he learns how to do that. Like, he, him and Rachel sit there trying to practice. He's like, mm. you know, he's he's congratulatory face, and and, he, and the joke in Friends is that when someone else na- it it's someone from the Young and the Restless, and Joey goes, this is bullshit like oh I can't believe it this is fucking fixed like and uh, so I'm tra- I'm literally like shocked but because of the award ceremonies two things ago about that like people from Signet were winning like yeah, Signet yeah. based shows were winning awards before ours even though the one that beat us wasn't a Signet show but then I found out through people who I talked to afterwards that they had Signet people involved in it in an unofficial capacity which made me think from an outside point of view, and I know I'm going off topic here, if you're running a biased award ceremony, why would you put your name in the sections of the shows? If you're going to bullshit people, why not have the shows minus with Signet written on it? So that then you can then, like, at least pretend it's a show that you're not involved in. It, the, the fact that they did that was like they're openly admitting that's what yeah. they did. So I, so, so I did, so, so what they, and then what I realized they did, which was crazy, was, they then went, all right, so um, you now vote for who win, who gets second. Mm-hmm. So they did this, like, thing, and it was, like, an audience participation where they were, like, they, they would click an, a button, and it was all the people that didn't win, you clicked a button to nominate who you should think goes into a final award at the end right, of the right, show, right, right, right. which is, they called it the People's Choice Award, as in who basically got the best out of all the ones who lost. So we were so, and and I guess maybe combination of my speech and a combination of like people were were wanting to vote for, and because they had a say in it, the audience did. Because I say people knew who we were. I'm not bullshitting that people knew who we were. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, we we got like 55 percent of the votes or something. We won by a mile. Like it was not even close. So we got through to the final award, and part of me was like, "Oh crap, I'm gonna have to stay here till the end now because we've got to mm. w- figure out if we won this award." Um, so then, anyway, so the you award. You came open to leave early in a way. Well, because of my train, yeah, my train, yeah, yeah. like uh, with being like 50 minutes away from the train station, yeah. it's supposed to finish at four, and I was expecting it to run long because it started late. Mm. I was like worried about it. So, so anyway, it's a good long story short. So, um, I then look through the all all the rest of the award ceremonies, and I'm st- and I'm suddenly like, and then I I'm like, so I go. Maybe it's just a one-off that these signatures are winning and all this kind of thing. And I, I looked into my goodie bag, looked at the brochure. Every single <laughs> award had a signature in it. Right. And in some of them, two. Right. So what happened at the end, right? The ones that had two <laughs> signatures in, the signat- one of the weak signatures won their award. And then the people in the audience voted for the second signature to go towards the end. Right. So when it got to the end with us, with the People's Choice Award, not only did we claim that we'd been given an award that we didn't win... Not only did we uh, get nominated at the end, but had zero chance, literally no chance in the world of winning because the two signatures that didn't win against other signatures got nominated to the final bit, and they, everybody in the show, everybody in the audience, I found out through people coming to me. You're, they basically told told me in advance I wasn't going to win because they were like, "Oh, we've come here for for a few years, and we're service users. We're not part of Signet, and two thirds of the audience are Signet." Yeah. So at the end, when the votes came up, 
which is what I said to Lynn jokingly at the end. But I was kind of like, you know, it was, like, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a joke really. Was we got like twenty something percent of the votes, and the other ones got thirty, so there was only about seven percent in it, which. I think we should take the moral victory for because it was like between them and uh, the fact that it was remotely close shows mm. that we had got people to vote for us who sh- shouldn't have done. Mm. Um, so, and the fact that after the awards finished and people came up to me after having known that I was representing mentally sound because obviously people wouldn't have known how I, what I look like, I guess, mm. is that um, they came up to me afterwards and said, "Oh, we're not part of Signet and we voted for you." And that was pretty much like they sound like it felt like it felt like everyone that wasn't voted for us, which is why I think we should have the moral thing. Of, if it was a proper award ceremony and people were neutral, we probably would have Sounds won. Sounds very yeah. political, um, doesn't it? A very political. Well, I was just going to say, Stephen, I think we won another award. Do you fancy going? <laughs> <to> <laughs> yeah. Who, who's hosting it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> oh no, not that guy. <laughs> uh, but but in but it but so in a nutshell, for those that are listening to the sh- thing, going, what's the purpose of the show? Is I suddenly twigged. The, the the best way of describing what the show was was they had come up with their own award ceremony mm-hmm. uh, and basically had invited indep- independent people like us, which is why I guess they must have had a, a system where you could nominate your own show. Mm-hmm. That they basically nominated them. I reckon they had manipulated it to not to nominate. I don't because I honestly I'm not joking. Out of about thirty people that were nominated, about ten of them were independent, mm-hmm. which obviously were one of the independent independent mm-hmm. ones. So I think they nominate. They got these ten independent things to come, so that they to could make be, to make it look yeah, like a legit yeah. award, and then basically gave awards to themselves, so they can go, "Oh, look, this we've got a project that's award winning." So they're hoping. I'm guessing that would, they would hope people wouldn't look into it and go, "Wait a minute, this is an award ceremony for your own fucking award ceremony that you gave to yourself." Like, so that's literally it reminds what me of Eurovision. And you might think, yeah, yeah, it is because a lot of countries that's nominate good, other countries. That's a good to, comparison to, to make bridges politically in a way. Nothing, that's a good, nothing that's, to do with the song. That's a really, that is a really good comparison. Yeah, that's definitely what it feels like. But anyway, so that's the story. So and then I got a taxi ride, which was fifty pound from Silverstone back to the station. And as I said, uh, it, it well, maybe even more than that because I had to go back to the hotel, even though that was actually going out of my way. So that was, I really was annoyed at the receptionist. <laughs> And then uh, to make matters worse, when I was tired and I was like trying to process what had happened, um, my train was late. That's when you texted home. me, wasn't it? I, yeah, yeah, I got back about got like text, twenty to yeah. twenty to eleven, and I think yeah, I was supposed wow. to be there about nine, so it was delayed by about an hour and a half ish. So I was really cheesed off. So I'm like, I'm going to get a taxi home and get these to pay back for it because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not getting a train at this time and I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Wow. So. So basically, the moral of the story is: if you think you're going to win an award, maybe yeah. second guess it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe, uh, what is it? Don't, don't wait. Uh, you maybe wait till the fat lady sings, or you know, till it, it's not over till it's over. Well, at least can, can I request a video message instead of turning up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> can I do it like, by Skype? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I felt like uh, yeah, I should have just skyped in and went. Yeah, hi. Yeah, really. Yeah, you know, couldn't get here because we're from Newcastle. Yeah. Thank you for our nomination. The award goes to... Oh, well, we didn't win it. Bye. <laughs> <See ya. laughs> Tell us if we win the People's Choice Award. Yeah. Bye. But in all seriousness, though, as I said, it was an experience because I got to go to Silverstone, which I haven't done, mm-hmm. and that was really fun. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I got we got to go and see the track, which was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got to go on the actual like pit area, which was fun. So mm-hmm. 
Um, just just had just a little quick look before we started the awards, so mm-hmm. it was um, it was pretty fun, and we got to, I got to see some cars, obviously, which I'm not I'm not even I was like even someone that's not into cars, I'm not I'm not really. So did I, they have I, like I legends of F1 like a whole? Um, it was like a really generic F1 car. I was expecting it to be like one of them ones with sponsors and stuff on it. It was just basically like the sort of like base model of a Formula One car. It was not really that. Um, it was like I guess a test car. I'm um, not an F1 fan, but. I don't know if you guys have seen Senna, the documentary. Yeah, oh, I have, yeah. I, love I that. mean, I'd love, I love to that. see any Senna. I highly recommend yeah, people to watch that. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. The same like, guy, the same people. was fun and also incredibly behind dangerous. The Amy, <laughs> behind the Amy Winehouse documentary, they were the same people. Oh, right. Yeah. Which yeah, is also very good. Win, Amy because they looked at Amy's, like, anorexia, which uh, got a little talked about and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I recommend that as well. Also, I mean, I don't mean this in a kind of, like, sexist, just thinking about our looks kind of thing, but... Um, if you ever seen any early Amy Winehouse stuff, she was an incredibly good looking mm. good looking mm. girl. Mm. And it's just like I know, and then when she what she turned into, it was mm. like really like dis- like Sad, disappointing yeah. in that sense. Because uh, anyway, we're done. Anything you want to add, Steve? Before we wrap this up, anything? No, it's no? just been an enjoyable Sorry, experience. Yeah. So, so now you know the full story. So yeah, the full story you. of what happened. <laughs> we didn't win, guys. We didn't win. But yeah, no. Thank you for coming on, Steve. No, it's been a pleasure you. getting thank to you. know you. Um, getting to know you, getting to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, and just I guess like, and I'm I'm not mean I'm not just like sort of kissing your ass in this sense, but like you know, good on you for like you know turning your life around Thank and you. that you keep Thanks. doing it. And I hope it you keep being motivated because I know that's and being so being part of this team. Yeah, and being part of this. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and again, man, team, yeah. the, and again, uh, you know, it's like when we won PFS just very quickly. Uh, I mean, I use the hashtag Team Effort because the yeah. whole time I was up in Wigan. For listeners who don't know, we won PFS. I think back I, in. I tweeted that when I got there. I was like, "Yeah, it's just like congrats to the team." Yeah, that, you know. Cause back it, in December, I, I just thought of everybody because which know, is why I said like, you know, because I think even Lynn said on the phone and she was just being sort of nice and trying to keep me motivated. But she's like, "Oh, you know, you, you know, you, you enjoy it for you." But I was like, "I, I like the fact that I was representing us." Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it really felt like. So mm-hmm. that's why, like, I made sure I, I like said like it's a team effort when I did yeah. my speech and. That's why I, I felt gutted that we didn't win for us, really. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that, that was more than I felt than me. And it, it is sort of validation of that we've worked really hard on this. Like, it, we we do, like, we, we consciously make decisions on what gets put in and we take mm-hmm. our time and over. Just and just go from strength to strength. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I guess, like, it's funny. I just had a, conversa- I had a conversation with my friend when I got back because I did feel quite, you know, miserable about it because I was like I did kind of like get myself sort of like worked up to the point of I'm really excited for this because it's like it's it's the it's what hard work gives you and then we just didn't win mm-hmm. uh, and, but then my friend went you know does awards really matter like yeah, you know and they don't really because no. I know we do a good job and the fact that we even got nominated shows we're going the right mm-hmm. way yeah. and I mean you know obviously I know that Gareth behind the scenes and Victoria actually nominated us but still um, still the fact that we got that far and they mm-hmm. said we were good and as I said I encourage people to listen to the mentally sound the next show that we release uh, on friday um where um we'll we'll talk about we'll obviously talk about that um mm-hmm. in, in detail and obviously talk mental health news and various other things actually yeah we should say just to plug mentally sound what's coming up because you guys know because we're obviously going to talk about this quickly afterwards but who um, we got coming on i've got two social workers social work lecturers that i do a lot of work with at northumbria cool and one's from america and she's going to compare treatment for mental yeah. health between cool. America and here. comparison and yeah. the other guy's going to talk about when children get adopted where's the support for mental health for them good cool so, on a, we're going to probably put one of the pre-records in from the awards ceremony yeah. I just said yeah and for I've, you. Got a, I've got a writer who writes about L- LGBT issues in particular mental health she's a writer a local writer 
from Sunland, she's done a, an article, so she'd be sort of uh, giving us the results. That was another thing that they praised us for in relation to that is that they was like, oh, we 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 have local people on, but we actually, uh, but we also talk about national mm-hmm. national issues, which mm-hmm. again is something we. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think we got perfect when we started, but I think we really na- we really nail it now because I think it's kind of a little bit of everything because we talk about what's coming up in Newcastle, but we also yeah. talk about like, oh, what's happening in the NHS or what's happening in a place down mm-hmm. south or something. We, we don't exclude anyone and in relation to yeah local I mean um, where I work and live in the West End you've been there the local food bank is actually the biggest in the country mm-hmm. um, so they're coming on which I'm chuffed about because yeah. they've been in the news recently so I thought I'd strike I mean I, I always had I had in mind I'd love to have them on but maybe it's later on but you know sometimes you've got to strike while iron's hot yes because they've been in the news, they had like a big burglary over Christmas, and the local community kind of chipped in and, and got the presents uh, back. And uh, there was talk about funding where they might not be able to carry on anymore. And then the latest I've heard is that now they're, they're cooking cooked meals for kids who you know can't afford um, breakfast in the morning, a decent breakfast in the morning. So That's great. yeah, we'll, we'll have a plethora. That's fantastic. Of, um, this finally, because I've just noticed this right at this interview, and I really want to ask you: is like, um, is the is the the, the Date on your hand, your day you were born. Date you, the year you were born. Yeah, I was born. Yeah, oh. nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't think you're that old. I don't think you're that old. You look, Roman you look good. numerals, eh? For, for what you went through, you look pretty good. Like you know, <laughs> <That's fine. Yeah. laughs> like you know, Jesus. Okay. Were right, cool. you worried it was a prison number or something? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just turn around. You got a barcode on your head. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a tag right now. He's sleep. He's <laughs> your time is up. Interfering with the song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, because yeah, because this is an audio podcast. He, he's actually da- he's actually behind some plexiglass right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's a good way to end. Yeah, yeah. That's just, but again, van's waiting, my van's waiting. No, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, he's on, he's on tag right Change now. Change the shift. Again, uh, to plug Mentally Sound, and obviously we're, we're, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, obviously, but if you want to listen to the podcast for Mentally Sound, which we release as a podcast, obviously please do. But this is pretty much what it's like, uh, just I guess a little bit more yeah. mental health heavy. Yeah. I mean, we did talk a lot about mental health this this podcast, which which again is totally okay. But we talked about other stuff as well, mm-hmm. like, I mean, and uh, that's really the point of it, is mm-hmm. that um, it may be something that bothers us, but it's all about, like, there's, it, life is much more complex than that, so I think there's a good example of that, so cool. Thanks, for, thanks Steve. Thank you. Uh, thank you thanks, thanks, Ricky, Thank you. for being a, 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 a temporary co-host for this, it's really fun. Damn. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say we get Jenny on, hopefully, and that's going to be oh, my yeah, goal, yeah. Uh, especially if, she, if she's up here. But anyway, uh, thanks very much for listening to this particular episode of the podcast. Um, thanks to Steve, thanks to Ricky, uh, thanks to everyone right. for listening. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Steve's parole officer. <laughs> that, like, that'd be so oh, great. <laughs> that'd be so great. We have police sirens, and Steve goes, I was here the whole time. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I was with you, I was with you, I was with you all of today. Uh, Anyway, yeah. So I let the podcast like always end before we just get this becomes anarchy. I let the podcast like always end with the ways of the great beam of robot Josh Crash and Burn. And uh, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, guys. We'll see you very soon. Thanks, bye. Bye. See you. Bye. Thanks. Great.